mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? back with episode 44 and this name is um it's a biggin it's madison madison which is a yeesh (laughs) you remember me telling you why Mm -mm. no so this is a josh and anna kid okay i assume because of the m's his future scandal, which I, I've, I've told him oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. he was caught on Ashley Madison. Mm-hmm. So then two years later, name your kid Madison. I don't give a fuck if you spell it with a Y. <laughs> why yeah. would you do that? Why, why, would, why, you do that? why would you do that? Uh, it's yeah. just, oh, yeesh. Yeah. Anna, come on. Have a little self-respect. Like, yeah. God, it's so bad. And Ashley Madison was like the have an affair website, right? Yes. Okay. Which obviously we'll talk about extensively in the future, but I had to give that Tim Tim that little tidbit before and then yeah. remind him now. But it's like that's that, why her naming their them naming their kid Madison is like a big fucking yeah, deal. That's a yeesh. That was a Tim bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so before we actually get started, I want to say one thing at the top of the podcast because I know some people probably kind of dip out uh, towards the end. Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of like crossover of people from the podcast buying vintage from me recently <laughs> so i just want to say i really uh i really appreciate it mm-hmm. i hope that sh- i i hope you really like your stuff because i get really excited about you know people loving the things that i love and um but it kind of inspired this idea of doing because you know when you have a small business you're just trying to make shit work right yeah everybody's just trying to make a thing that they just trying to pay your bills they're just trying to make a thing that they like and pay their yeah. bills work right mm-hmm. so it kind of inspired me to do maybe on the gram like a small business Saturday feature mm-hmm. a couple times a month. I don't know if it'll be every Saturday, but maybe twice, twice a month. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know what it'll look like exactly, but I just figured it'd be a way that we could share listener small businesses with each other. And mm-hmm. if I put it in Instagram stories and I can save them to a highlight so then people can go through the highlight at any time and just check right. out other fellow digger uh, <laughs> small businesses. So yep. if you have a small business that you'd like to, have featured send us an email you know one of our social th- you know one of our things that we plug mm-hmm. at the end and we'll talk about having you be a feature for that so yeah we're just trying to help out we want money to go to good people yep and if you're listening to this podcast i you think you're good people you you're a good people you pass the vibe check as the kids <laughs> would say these days right <laughs> okay so actual episode is called duggars meet dolly spoiler yeah. we spoiled this last week mm-hmm but uh, Duggars Meet Dolly, and it premiered on July 21st of 2009. They meet the Dolly Lama. Yeah. Spoiler! Damn yeah, it! Duggars Meet Dolly. Mm-hmm. So, oh, did you see all the stuff about him recently? The creepy stuff where he tells the kid to suck his tongue? No. Oh, man, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, anyways, so the episode starts with Lego explaining how the mayor of Pigeon Forge invited them to um, participate in the Dolly Parade and meet dolly parton Mm -hmm. so that big cabin that we saw them arrive at last week they're actually getting to stay there for a full week that we find out so damn 
it's pretty extensive. And um, honestly, this episode, it starts off really slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, major filler scenes. Yep. Like, it spends way too much, like, time on this long scene of... The little kids James. chasing each other. Yeah, yeah, James and Jennifer, you know, they're playing. And it's like, there's like a fireplace that's mm-hmm. two-sided, like, see-through. And you can see, you know, both sides in different right. rooms. And it's them, like, looking at each other through it and, like, running around. It's a really long time. It feels like forever. It did feel It did feel oddly like they had to cut another scene and they were like, well, let's go through the B-roll and see what we can find. I will say, I did notice that we saw kids' feet clean because yep. it's not their house. Yep. There wasn't years worth of Duggar dirt built yep. up on those floors. Like, you know, there. W- this isn't a place where some Duggar kid is... Um, you know, their jurisdiction is being correct ignored or something. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's somebody cleaning the floors in this house. Yep. There was a line by one of the older girls. I don't remember which one it was. And she was like, there's a lot of bathrooms. And she was talking about like, it makes it easier to get ready in the morning. And uh-huh. I'm like, also, there, there's a lot of bathrooms that you don't have to clean. Exactly. I think, so, yeah, like, so it's like nine bedrooms. I forget if they said, did they say nine bathrooms as well? I don't know, but there's a lot of bathrooms. I think it was like eight but yeah, I'd imagine for them because they're just so used to, even though they had a big house, everything's like one bathroom for the girls. Yeah. One bathroom for the boys. And- I will say in that scene with um they're playing with Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> um, they did do that little kid thing where like you can trick them easily where like she was she, like her brother that she was chasing ran right by her, but she didn't realize because she was like toddling back over to the fireplace. Yeah. I love that era of kids where you can kind of you can kind of trick them a little it's they, not they that hard to play real good <laughs> yeah like they're still working on object permanence so it makes it easier to kind of yeah mess with them you know so after we watch these extended scenes of them uh playing we also then just see major rehashing of scenes from the previous episode mm-hmm. so out to breakfast the hamster balls like all that shit so yep. it's, it's it's a major rehash in the beginning mm-hmm and then um, they ask the kids, quote, what do you know about Dolly Parton? <laughs> Jessa says, not very much. Josiah says, I don't really know anything about her. And then Ginger says, um, and then they cut to Jill and she says, I don't know. And like, okay, mm. I don't, she kind of, she has a dweeby laugh, but she's not full blown dweeby. Is it dweeby square on the bingo card? Was it dweeby enough or no for your standards? I mean, I made a note to it, but I was also like, I don't feel like it was a dweeby moment. Yeah, I I was like, I was on the fence, but I'm like, I don't feel like it was full blown because our square is Jill's dweebiness hangs out. Mm. Yeah, I felt like she, I think she just has like an awkward dweeby, like (laughs) at the end of stuff she says anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but like. It's still, she's also, she's at that age and then she's on TV which are both things that cause a lot of self-consciousness. So I feel like she's also at that age where she kind of like laughs after everything she says because she's unsure of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're so we're going to skip that one, right? Yeah. Okay. So then we're back on what do you know about Dolly Parton? And Michelle says, I don't ever remember watching any Dolly Parton movies. <laughs> which is like, oh, Michelle. It's a facepalm moment. <laughs> Because, like, sure, Dolly was in movies. There's mm-hmm. truth in that. 
But that's not like when you think of Dolly Parton, you don't go, I haven't seen her movies. Yeah. You're that's not what she's known for. Yes, she did it, but you're like that's not the first thing that comes to mind. You mean we're surprised that the Duggars haven't watched Best Little Whore House in, in Texas? Texas? <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, I haven't seen any of her movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is one of my favorite shows. It's an animated comedy, The Venture Brothers. And there's a scene where one of the main, like the dad is all excited because the bodyguard and the two boys are going to leave the house. And they're like, what are you going to do, Doc? Like, what are you going to do with your free night in the house by yourself? And he's all excited to watch this movie. And he keeps making comments about how he kind of has a skin flick to watch. And the bodyguard's like, all right, buddy. And then at the end of it, when they come back, he's super mad. How was your night, Doc? And he was like, I watched 45 minutes and all it was singing. And he's like, what did you rent? And he's like, best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> he thought it was a porn. No, not so much. No. Not so much. So then after Michelle talking about not really seeing any of her movies, uh, it cuts back to Jessa. And she says, oh, yeah, she's a singer. That's what she does, right? Getting warmer. Right. <laughs> and Grandma Duggar says that the reason her grandkids don't really know her is because they don't watch movies and listen to country music, which I think is crystal clear. We uh, we figured. We kind of figured that out, Grandma Duggar. Yeah. Uh, then the embarrassment continues with Michelle saying, she goes, hee-haw, really loud and excited. And then yeah. was she was on hee-haw. And then you like you can tell like the camera person is kind of like well no and like she gets like a like she literally like gets all defeated and like kind of yeah like her shoulders go down and she's like oh. she thought she had a pop culture reference well and it's like no okay yes Dolly was on Hee Haw but as like a guest yeah it's not like she was like correct but the way Michelle is saying it is like oh she was like a, being a cast member it's like saying like okay like who is it that's been on SNL a million times Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, um, Steve Martin's hosted a bit. But that would be like, well, Steve Martin actually was. But I'm saying it's like taking like Alec Baldwin and being like. Yeah. And being like, Mm -hmm. oh, they were on SNL. Well, yes, but no. It's like that where it's like, well, that's not what they they weren't a cast member. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's that same kind of. I have a comment later on when they actually meet her about that. Okay. But yeah, so it's like you were getting warmer and there's a smidgen of truth, but like. You, she thought she had it where she was like country right. TV show. Yep. Hee ha! Like she was excited. I'm going to pull a you. We'll get to that. <laughs> you finally got to say it. <laughs> Is that an exciting moment for you? I feel like I have so much power right now. That should be on our bingo board. <laughs> there were people who were joking. Well, so actually, sidestepping for a second, mm. um, we got a message from someone who took our same squares and they scrambled them. Okay. And so they're doing their own. So they play so, along. So they're playing along. Yo. But with like in a different configuration than I us. Love it. And then somebody was like, and then part of me, I laugh at this. And then I'm also like, what would people put on their squares that would make me fucking cringe or want to crawl into a fucking hole? <laughs> but somebody was like, I shouldn't uh, make a bingo board of you guys. And so, like, just like different stuff, like every time Tim Whitney cries, fucking every time Tim says, put some mustard on it or whatever. And so I'm like, these are all funny. I'm like, but who would put something on their bingo score that would make that me want to die? Make, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That I'm like, oh, I did not need that pointed out. Like, you know, so maybe don't show me. <laughs> I thought you that can was really, show me. I, think I thought that funny. was really funny, though. You know, if it's good, I have a sense of humor. I just, um, 
you know, if it's something I'm going to be self-conscious about, I'll be like, oh, fuck me. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, god damn it. Now I'm paying attention to that. Okay, back to the episode. So now we see them on the bus, and they're headed to Smoky Mountain National Park for its 75th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And we get our girl Johanna saying, we're at the Smoky Mountains. Yep, I thought the same thing, and I marked it as our girl Johanna. Okay, I'm going to mark it. Um, it does remind me of my niece Katie. Mm-hmm. So she <laughs> turning twenty four on Saturday, by the way. Can Listener believe, of the pod, by the can way. Can you believe she's gonna be twenty four? What's up, K Day? K Day, but K Day. Uh, when her dad was still in the military, they lived in Tennessee. They lived in Clarksville. Clarksville. And uh, this was back in the days of actually taking camcorder footage and putting it on DVDs and sending it to your family. Like, yeah. that's how we told you guys about the whole, I'm going to miss myself with her. <laughs> well, there was one that they took video of, of going to the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I don't know, Katie's probably six, maybe. And they're just like, where are we? She's all Smoky Mountains. Smoky Mountains. There's no N or yeah. T in the middle of that word. Smoky Mountains. And mountains. he'd be like, Katie, where are we? Like, my brother, he'd be like, we're in the smoke. There was, like, a thing where they're sitting on a rock and, like, doing the whole, mm-hmm. like, set up the camera and everybody sit and wave. Yeah. And uh, my brother-in-law's, we're here at the smoky. And then Katie goes, mountains. Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time, this, I'm just, like, thinking of smoky mountains. So whenever we mention the word mountains in a conversation, that's how we say it. FYI. Smoky mountains. Yeah. Mountains. Mountains. Okay, so, and then it just gets better because Lego says that they're getting ready to hike. And once again, I think of Little K-Day because in that same home movie, my brother-in-law's like, what are we doing? And she goes, we are going to go hiking. We are going to go hiking. <laughs> so we always say that too. Yeah. And Little then Katie. he, and like later on in the video, he's trying to say like, where are we? He's trying to get her to say Smoky Mountains again. And mm-hmm. he's like, and where are we going to go hike? And she goes, over there on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> she had this funny little voice. She's not going to give it up. She's not going to say Smoky Mountains again. Over there on the rocks. Over there on the rocks. Yep. Anyways. Those are some biggins for us. Yeah. We say it all. Like, I'll be, like, making a drink with, like, on the rocks. And I'll be like, on the rocks. Okay. So, we just kind of watch a park ranger mm-hmm. give them his spiel about the park. And it's during the scene that I see, I, I catch my first glimpse of a cell phone clip. Yep. Yep. I have it marked. But previously, we have seen them on Lego and Pest. And this time, it is on John David. Oh, he's getting to that age. I wonder if it was a coming of age thing where he hit a certain age and they presented him a used cell phone belt clip. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. Yep. I bet. I remember seeing it on him when they were in Hobby Lobby a while back. So he's had it for a bit, but okay. what is that, you know, what is that big age? Correct. Is that like for your birthday? Like when I was eight, everybody in my family, you got like a. Uh, scriptures for my grandparents with like your name and embossed on it right they get a cell phone instead of a debutante ball they get a they get a cell used cell phone clip yeah maybe when you're 12 you get the our apostle shirt passed down to you there you you go yeah Mm -hmm. so they just kind of continue we see them getting a tour and i think we can actually mark off another square of inappropriate attire because I I will say that this trail with my uh got my little air quotes okay it is more paved so this isn't as 
as wildly inappropriate as when they're in El Salvador Mm -hmm. or riding horses in flip-flops, for example. (laughs) So it's not quite as inappropriate, but I still personally would never show up to this Mm -hmm. in flip-flops. Correct. So I still find it inappropriate. So, I mean, they're surrounded by poison ivy and centipedes and like... Yeah. I wouldn't be wearing flip-flops. Yeah. There is a thing where they don't obviously have a lot of... uh, Technical gizmos. Is that what Terry Forsyth said? Electronic gizmos. Electronic gizmos. There you go. They don't have a lot of those. So the kids aren't rocking cell phones. And um, But what I realized, and these were very popular at the time, like that early Oh, I know what you're getting at. They have those like cell phone sized cameras. You gave me one for my birthday when we were dating. That is correct. In the same time period, 2009. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I had like an orange one. Like, yeah, those were big at the time because it would would record straight to an SD card, but it was handheld, so it was a lot easier than holding. Even even the small camcorders were hard to keep, hold up. You know what I mean? Which is funny because the video, it was so shitty. The videos were so bad. But at yeah, the time, I thought great. it was so cool. Mm-hmm. I think we still have it in your drawer somewhere. We probably do. It's in your man cave. I saw it the other day. Yep. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck do we still have this? Yep. And it's in my uh, leopard print um, mm-hmm. case because I am a slut for animal prints. <laughs> so, um, yeah, of course, it was 2009. And, of course, I had it in leopard. Yep. So it was very of the time. So some of the boys have these, and I just wanted to point that out. Electronic gizmos. Electronic gizmos. <laughs> All right. So where am I? Okay. So we briefly um, just hear Pess and Anna, and they talk about how she's finally passed the stage of morning sickness. Mm-hmm. So I, I only say that just because we haven't gotten, just to give an update on where she is in the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and then we get to mark another square because Duggars dine out again. Mm-hmm. Right. You got that covered? They were at, I already know that I don't have, uh, I don't have bingo. I'm doing this for the first time, so. Um, I looked at it. But they go out to a barbecue joint. Mm-hmm. They're at good old fashioned barbecue. And I just want to point out, did you take any notice of how um, Lego says that the food was mouthwatering? Negative. I was more looking at the giant uh, Budweiser sign that was on the wall, and I'm like, he's eating underneath the Budweiser sign? He should, you know, when we talked about rock music and how they said, some people said families in IBLP would ask restaurants to turn off the music. Do you think he'd be like, can you go take that sign down (laughs) while they're there? But the reason I bring it up, because I just wanted to point out that you'll see that that's... That's Lego's main descriptor for food. For food, for yeah. Food. Like, he always yeah. says, mm, it's like mouth-watering. Yeah. That's always his, like, go-to. <laughs> uh, so, while they're in the parking lot of this restaurant, they kind of get the get the bus, like, stuck a little. And they're, because they're trying to turn it around. Yeah. But they keep hitting a curb, and they're trying to avoid going soft too much grass. into the grass because it's been raining and it's soft, so they don't want to get stuck. But I wanted to point out a hilarious little blip. It was really, really short. But this little tiny blip that they show of Michelle. So she's got her boppy. Or actually, I remember previously, she actually says it's a breast friend. Which makes Mm -hmm. me think of friends when Rachel talks about her breast friend. So she's got her breast friend pillow around her. Obviously a baby on it and the blanket over her. So she's doing all this. And then she's like ramming into the back of the bus. Like pretending like she's going to move it. Yeah. By backing into it. I thought it was funny. Well, I know, but that's what I wrote down. And I'm like, that is the most, like... 
genuinely Genu- funny. Yes, moment we've ever seen Anna Michelle. That's why I wrote it down because I was like, there she is being kind of like, ah, like, look, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a moment where she seemed like a normal person for a second. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just the most genuine moment I feel like we've yep. seen. I agree 100%. I also feel like it proved to us that maybe maybe physical comedy is is uh, Baby Cannon's wheelhouse. Maybe that's her thing. I know. Yeah. It just was not a typical Michelle moment, so it was worth pointing out. Mm-hmm. Agree. Definitely going in visuals. <laughs> so now they end up heading over to Dollywood. And as they're walking in, uh, the editing, it, it's probably just editing, but they mm-hmm. make it seem like everybody's like stopping and staring at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of funny. But then it also... It also doesn't look like there's that many people in the area, so it definitely feels like it was like, hey, guys, do you want to come over and, and gawk and, at a bus for us to record some And, like, B-roll? one guy is, like, really dressed up. Did you yeah, notice? And I was like, felt like, but I'm like, just... where did they get this footage? Like, I know they're trying to make it look like they're staring at but I'm like, why is this guy in a long sleeve, like, tie and, like, yeah. button? Like, why is this guy here? Did we pick up at the uh, Pigeon Forge Greyhound station over here? You just gathered who you could get. <laughs> We need uh, anybody want to do a scene for a buck? Hurry up! I gotta go to Raleigh in ten minutes. So they're getting a tour of Dollywood, and it flashes back to the same interview uh, earlier of when Cannon was like "hee haw" and like Mike, you know, I don't really know a lot about Dolly. Yep. So it's flashing back to that same interview. Well, now she's saying that the only thing thing that the kids know about Ms. Parton, as she calls her, is from the Dixie Stampede. Bec- um, and that she encourages reading and gives out books to children. And she says, quote, they don't know. They don't know any of that other stuff. And it's like, and neither do you, Michelle. Yeah. You don't either. This was the point that I wanted to get to. Because like you were talking about Tom Hanks being known as the guy that hosted SNL a bunch of times. I put in my notes because Ryan Reynolds is co-owner of a football team in england uh-huh. and there's a big there's a big show on it called rex mfc it's on hulu great by the way uh, but him and uh rob mcelhaney um own this football team now so that I, I literally put that's like saying ryan reynolds is known as the owner of Wrexham. yeah completely <laughs> skipping the fact yeah. that he's there's this whole other an thing actor yeah and, yeah yep so I just think it's hilarious that these kids are like, okay, people have said a couple things, and now they just know her as a woman that's a reading advocate. Yeah. <laughs> you know Dolly Parton, the famous reading advocate? <laughs> Which is a great thing that she does, but that's not what she's known for. Absolutely. And I know I'm lampooning on her a lot. Dolly Parton is a fucking treasure. She is. She yeah. is. I just yep. want to put that out there. Gigantic fan. So we see them looking at the replica of uh, the two-room cabin that Dolly grew up in with her parents and her 11 siblings. Mm-hmm. And this is the first that we see, or I mean, actually hear of Femi. I know. We've seen her in the background, but this is the first time that she talks. But she's just, and then even write down what she says, but it's not worth it. But she, it's just like her saying to Michelle, like, can you imagine? And Michelle's like, well, mm-hmm. it would probably stay. Did she say cleaner? I don't know, or whatever. But like. Yeah, I didn't even write it down because it wasn't worth it. But I'm like, this is the first we've heard of Famey. I would have expected so much more. Like, I don't feel like we can mark off a Famey going fame. We can't. And I looked every time that she talks now, and every time Pest talks now, I always look for that. And I'm, nope. I don't think either one of nope. them marked this off. And I've been proven wrong because I said before that, oh, if she's in an episode, 
will be able to She's mark getting... off Fame, fame Gone Fame. Nope. No. She proved me wrong. Yeah. Famey, you did it. <laughs> do do we did it, guys. So now they get to meet Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. And Lego says, quote, we were so impressed when we met Dolly Parton. She was one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. Yeah. Huge reading advocate, too. <laughs> And she started to park because she was a huge reading advocate. All the rides are reading themed. (laughs) Which would not be a bad idea for a park. (laughs) Like, think about having different rides and attractions based on classic books and stuff. Not a bad idea. Um, So, Dolly comes walking in and she says, well, hey there. I love her. Um, I feel like I know this family. I watch you all the time. (laughs) She's great. God, I'd love to meet Dolly. Parton. I know. And then baby Jordan loves Dolly. Mm-hmm. She's smiling and laughing. And oh, Dolly yeah. is like, she's smiling at me. She likes me already. I mean, and that that baby has a smile like I've never seen on a Duggar. Mm-hmm. It rivals Jana high at the dentist. <laughs> Remember how I was like, we're never going to see that kind of smile, especially yep. on Jana ever again. Of course. But I was like, this baby... Oh, she She's was having the living, time of her life. She's living life. I love that that kind of infant laugh, though, where they're just cracking up and like, yeah, love it. Yep. And then Cannon says, everybody loves Miss Dolly. Your kids With- don't know who Shuey is and neither do you. Yeah, I'm like, that's really hilarious coming from you, Michelle, given right. like you don't know who the fuck she is. But she's just like, well, everybody loves you. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, she can watch this episode. She clearly watches your show. <laughs> you know, she can watch this episode and see that none of you knew who the fuck she was. But like, even when she was like, everybody lives Miss Dolly. Dolly was like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Dolly says, quote, I have loved them ever since I've seen them on TV and I've watched them a lot. And when I heard they were coming to Dollywood, I got so excited like a big, big star was coming. Yeah. I wonder what she thinks now. She'll never say. <laughs> I wonder what she thinks now. So Ginger says, quote, I think that Dolly Parton was awesome. She's like so bubbly and really friendly. I put under this under quotes. It's like, once again, they don't know anything about her. So I put, she's just a nice lady with the big rack that loves reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reading with yep. the apostrophe, not with yep. the G. Um, and then Dolly takes them. Uh, she's talking to them a little about um, growing up and with all of her siblings mm-hmm. and how they slept three to four to a bed and just There's like things 12 like that. kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, another square because they start singing Amazing Grace to Dolly. <laughs> so we get to cover the group singing square. Yeah. Um, and then Josiah in a talking head, he says, she loves kids. I can tell that with Jordan. She just loved her. Wish she could have taken her home with her. And Jordan is still uh, just, like, losing her shit over Dolly. And you know what I think? I think that animals and babies are intuitive. And they know a good one when they see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I I literally think that's what it is. And so it's like she met her for five. Like, when she walked in that room, 
that ba- like that baby lit up and i was like she knows well think about it too she's never seen anyone that looks like this woman <laughs> she's like remotely she, well i feel like this i feel like jordan's having the same reaction to dolly <laughs> that dolly had about the, the town tramp as she calls her because dolly model, model modeled herself her look yeah. is after the town tramp that mm-hmm. she was enamored with and i feel like jordan's like look at yep. that woman <laughs> so i hope that someday it goes full circle you know if you guys are ever looking to like feel good and have a dopamine in your brain and also have a good example of like the mindset you should have as you get older, watch Dolly Parton on late night shows in like the last five years. Oh, she's just she's a every once great. in a while it pops up when she's on like Jimmy Fallon and she's just she's the incredible. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I always love her famous statement. It costs a, a lot, lot of money, money to, to look, look this cheap. cheap. Yep. <laughs> I, or my other one, I love that. And she kind of like tweaks it like everything. But she's like, if anything, sag and dra- um, sag and her dragon, I'll give it a nip tuck or a sa- sag and dragon. There's a third one. Sag mm. and her dragon, I'll give it a nip tuck or a suck. Like, I just love it. Like, she just has all of her like little things you hear over and over. And I laugh every time. American treasure of that woman. Yep. So we're still at baby Jordan, just like losing her shit. And then Dolly says, I'm just going to take you. They've got too many children already. They won't <laughs> miss one more. <laughs> the first half of that was Dolly's shade. The I second know. was her being like, I need to wrap it up in a good way. <laughs> She's got to Oreo cookie it, you know? Exactly. You look like Snoopy and it makes me smile. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like this whole thing is just yet another wasted experience on this family. Just like uh, back in the discovery specials when they went to the 50th anniversary of disneyland and they got all that special treatment i'm like Mm -hmm. such a fucking waste yep like imagine for just a moment tim being the type of person who is more excited to meet kirk cameron (laughs) than dolly parton because if you remember pest and Uh, pest wore a suit that's true and anna wore a bbs that's true she wore you know and you know for kirk because you know, big time in their world. Then to meet Dolly, they're just like, or even Mickey Mouse. Yeah, you know they met Mickey Mouse on yeah. that trip. Yes, we saw it. They had no idea who the hell he was. They probably thought he was an advocate for wristwatches. <laughs> they're like, you know that mouse that's known from the wristwatches. Yep, yep, yep. Nothing else. But here they are, just like. It's just so fucking, such a waste. Think yeah. of all of us who would like to meet Dolly, and then they do. Mm-hmm. And then to them, Dolly is just some, like, nice, but defrauding lady. Of course. Yep. You know? And um, Lego gives them a copy of their book, and she says that she saw it on TV. And she says, quote, this was a dream. When they told me when I was going to meet you, I got more excited than if somebody had said I was going to meet Elvis. Yet another reference they don't understand. (laughs) They're like, Elvis. They probably know some guy named Elvis like in their town. And they're like, wow, Dolly is excited to meet him. Yeah. Yep. But more excited to meet them than him. Yeah. They're like, well, I mean, we are. There is more of us. (laughs) He does just work at the gas station. (laughs) So all the kids laughed at that. But it's just like, I'm sure it was completely over their head. They laughed because she was laughing and you Correct. can tell she's making a joke, but it's not mm, like they actually... Context clues. Yes, but they don't actually know what's going on. No. So then they're getting ready to take a picture and Dolly goes to get in the middle and she's all, make me a place! Make me a place! And right. she's kind of like shaking her hips and like wiggling her butt a little like to like make her mm. room. 
and um, I'm sure it was a bit too close to dancing for their mm. for their comfort. I bet there's a lot of things about her that are pretty far from their comfort. <laughs> yeah, um, hips were moving, so that's just sinful enough, I would yeah. say. Hips don't move till your honeymoon of with course. these people, so yeah. you know. So yeah. I'm sure they were quite defrauded. <laughs> They're like, you can do that. <laughs> So now we see them um, in the park and they're riding rides and such. And then at one point they're getting on a ride and they're trying to get producer Sean to come mm-hmm. on it with them. And he says that it looks too scary. Mm-hmm. And really it's Susanna Keller that's really razzing him the most. Oh, yeah. And we see her like we see that she's outgoing and outspoken. Like we see that personality mm-hmm. in her. And she's like, you're scared. Ooh. And then she does like the little thing with her fingers. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I don't know how to describe what I'm doing right now. <laughs> how do you describe this? Are you flashing gang signs at me? Ooh. What hood are you from, bro? Um, And then I think she was like pointing at him and calling him a loser. Did you see that? I don't remember that. I just remember looking and being like, I'm not used to anybody from this. This much sass, right? Yeah. And I think she was pointing at him and calling him a loser, too. And which is a little harsh coming from an IBLP kid, you know? Right. Big L. That's a little harsh. That's weird. Um, so Suzanne out here brutalizing poor Sean. Yeah, obliterated that man. <laughs> So then he just kind of like write randomly writes in a notebook he's holding and he writes Duggars make fun of me with like a sad face, which I'm like, that was actually a killer. But um Damn, you got him actually Yeah. But it was funny because I felt like that would I would have expected that from Famey. Right. But Susanna oh, yeah. Susanna took over for this yeah. episode. Left field on that one from left field. Really? You know, it was a There's an old we started saying this at work. There's an old clip of like a WWF match and one of the guys gets like thrown off something super high like into a table and uh, Jerry Lawler, the king, who who com- was the commentator in a very thick southern accent goes, oh God, that man has a family. <laughs> so Why is that so funny? It's great because of the everything. So the accent, everything. So we always make that joke whenever somebody gets roasted pretty hard. The line is, oh, God, that man has a family. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, So now the Duggars are presented with the key to the city of Pigeon Forge. We have a bingo square. What's that? Um, The different like age groups of the kids are all wearing the same color and style. Oh, I missed that because, okay, we'll see what I was going to say is a weak example, Mm -hmm. but um, I missed that. But there you go. Yeah, so it's like all the kids that are of a certain age are wearing like one color and then all the younger, like the middle kids are wearing another color and then the only ones that aren't participating are... Good catch, honey. Look at you, honey. I I didn't even get bingo with it. I don't even know why I brought it up. Well, no, we got to be accurate (laughs) to the episode. The fans demand We have people watching. And by the way, when I put them up on Instagram stories, I cover the spaces with pickles. That's true. So, you know, we have to have our (laughs) correct pickles, even if we don't get a bingo. Uh. So now they're on the float in the Dolly Parade. And this is where I was going to say that it's a week. I was like on the fence about Mm. saying matching clothes because clearly they're trying to like somewhat wear blue, but it is all over the goddamn place. Oh, yeah. It is like Cannon is wearing a denim shirt. Yep. Lego is wearing a blue polo with 
like red stripes or something mm. and like but like some of them are wearing teal like it is all over like yeah. it is naughty i was like do we call this matching because it was like mm. weak but yeah. we have it anyway there you go uh but with their shitty outfits that, that coordination on that floor if you're gonna be in a parade like number <laughs> one it was just not great anyway for what they were wearing but it's like try just a little harder but i'm going to blame jess and ginger because that's what you do <laughs> they're the ones who packed for this family for the trip Ooh, right yeah that's true you couldn't have like you know put in a little effort next Damn. next time put in a little effort ginge I mean, you say you about- love packing put in a little effort next time man talk about ruining vacations i mean who's the loser <laughs> i don't really blame them it's just satire guys there you um go. and that's kind of it i have two comments to make about the parade oh go for it as a former loud and proud marching band member in high school and in college, um, there's a sweet spot in my heart for, for marching bands. Go ahead and say it. I love marching bands. Another great movie. Um, so the marching band that they show as the little transition into them being on the parade float is playing a version of their theme song. Of whose theme song? Of the theme song for for the 19 Kids Accounting. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That needs to go on the, that I'm needs gonna to have go to re- visuals. I'm going to have to re-listen to that when I go through it again. Yeah. So as the marching, they, they have the- Look at they you do... catching shit all over the place <laughs> today. Damn. Yeah. They have two, um, I take this seriously. Um, they have a ca- the stereotype- camera in the middle of the marching band file where they're all marching in a parade block and then all the bands going around them and yeah the music they're playing is the theme song from the show man i did not even notice and the last we all have our strengths and weaknesses and together (laughs) combined is that something from our reading advocate dolly parton famous famed uh reading advocate and then the last thing i have is when she was in the parade when they show her on the little float, looking it, fabulous, it looks mind like you. she's sitting in like a little like log cabin yeah, kind of thing, it's and it's cute. kind of like national park themed. And she has the most incredible park ranger style outfit on. She's adorable. Everything she about a, her. Yep, it's not like a wide hat like they do wear. It was like shorter, a little bit more like styled, like but park ranger shape, like dark brown hat. And she had like a button up, like green shirt. Because she always wears her cute, like little like tight blazer type mm-hmm. things. That's like yeah. that's all her like style, and I love it. Yep. So I just want to shout kudos out to that fucking fabulous park ranger outfit that Dolly had on. It's pretty good. Treasure. Yep. yep. <laughs> Second only to Dolly herself was her outfit. Learn something, Ginger and Jessa. Learn a little thing or two about float wear. Float wear. Float attire. Oh, man. All right. You have anything else about this episode? That is it. This was a pretty good one. I actually just had um, a, an old coworker go to Pigeon Forge not too long ago. I'd like to go. And she's like, it fe- it does feel like a really family friendly tourist town and she's like but it's amazing she's like all of the food is great everything is fun they went to dollywood she's like the rides at dollywood you look at it and you're like okay it's kind of like state fairish rides she's like no she's like you get like disney quality of experience but rides that are like in that style 
I mean, I would love to go. There's a couple of things I want to do in Tennessee. I really mm-hmm. want to go to Graceland. Like Tim knows how about I oh, want to yeah. go to Graceland. I'm like, I'd like to hit like a make like the a Smoky Tennessee Smoky Mountains. Smoky Mountains. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yep. we All have right. to hit Arkansas first. We well, have to make course. the pilgrimage, and then maybe at some point we can hit yep. Tennessee. All right, we're gonna take a little break, and we'll see you in a bit. <laughs> In a twist that I'm sure absolutely nobody saw coming, today's deep dive is all about national treasure Dolly Parton. Did you see it coming? What? Big surprise. Yep. But rather than focusing on her expansive 60 plus year career. As a reading advocate. And in movies and hee haw. Yeah. Yeah. In hee haw and reading advocation. Yes. Uh, instead, we will be focusing on her religious upbringing, coming into her f- faith of, on her own, and why she serves as a good example to so many. Mm-hmm. So my main source for today is Dolly's 1994 autobiography titled Dolly, My Life and Other Unfinished Business, <laughs> which is actually a book I already owned and had mm-hmm. read before, and I just reread for this deep dive. Love that. So this was my main source for a lot of her backstory and things up until the early 90s. And then for some of the more recent stuff, just some various articles online, Mm -hmm. which I'll kind of reference. So this deep dive is also going to be rather quote heavy because Dolly really has a way with words. (laughs) And I feel like in some things, just paraphrasing would not do it justice. Agree. So verbatim is the way to go to capture the real feel for her and her spirit. So Dolly's parents... Avi Lee and Robert, who actually went by his middle name, Lee, mm-hmm. uh, married when Avi was just 15 and Lee was 17. Much like Jim, Bob, and Michelle, Avi Lee and Lee were in the baby-making business. <laughs> having 12 children by the time Avi Lee was 35. Jeez. So 12 kids in 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, so they had six boys and six girls, with Dolly being their fourth born. Okay. Dolly grew up in extreme poverty with her father, Lee, working as a sharecropper for many years before later finally being able to buy his own um, like land okay. where he farmed tobacco. And then he also worked odd jobs in construction and things. And okay. if you watch uh, Dolly Parton, uh, what is it? What's the Christ- Christmas it of the- Christmas of many colors or whatever mm. you'll see that you know like in that movie like during that Christmas he went and did mining so oh, okay. see I know these things because I watch that movie every year that makes sense. I have she it on really DVD. does I have it on DVD <laughs> I'm not going to lie it's never on my list of movies I have circle to see. of love <laughs> and then halo of light she usually sings those two specific lines for weeks <laughs> I do. weeks before Christmas and after I love little Dolly. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying she, it's never on my list of Christmas movies. And to Dolly watch. plays the tramp in the movie. I love. <laughs> anyways, yeah, Tim never like we make a literal list of like must watch. He he's in the middle and then doesn't want to watch. Whenever I get to that, when I'm going through the DVDs, he puts it in the don't need to watch pile. I thought I put that in the maybe just to make you feel better. I maybe didn't buy not. it. <laughs> if you did, I didn't buy it. Clearly. Anyways, so um. That was what he did for work. And they were so poor, in fact, that the doctor that delivered Dolly was paid with a sack of cornmeal because that's all they had to offer. Kind of a well-known fact, but I threw that in there. Wow. 
worth every worth every morsel of cornmeal that one every grain of meal yeah so they started out in a one room cabin before they upgraded nice. air quotes to a two room cabin once they had bought their own land when dolly speaks of her meager upbringing she says it with the humor that she's so well known for saying things like how they had running water if you were willing to run and get it yeah, that's pretty good. Or the ants used to bring back the food they had taken from us because they felt sorry for us. <laughs> that's even better. Or finally, in regards to privacy with that many people in such a small space. Can you imagine that many people? Like, it's horrific. It's wild. Um, in regards to privacy in such a small space with that many people, she said, quote, Well, we had a wash pan and we washed down as far as possible. And then we washed up as far as possible. And when everybody cleared the room, we washed possible. this is why i'm like you just have to quote these things yep the kids would also catch fireflies in jars to have lighting at night because they had no electricity and their walls were covered in newspaper to fill cracks and add extra insulation during the cold winter months Mm -hmm. dolly didn't mind though because she loved to read and they never had much more than the bible as far as books go so she happily climbed all over the house to be able to read the papers. Yeah. Reading advocate. Exactly. It started very young. I feel like she's just that lady that like everything she says is endearing or funny. Everything. Literally like everything. Dr. Kelso from Scrubs. Do you <laughs> remember that scene? Dude, somebody just said something about sending us the Scrubs thing the other day. And I was like, oh, another very quotable show. But what were Do you, you remember th- that scene? Carla thinks she's funny. And she's not funny. So Dr. Cox is going on a rant. She makes some joke and nobody laughs or makes any noise. And Dr. Cox was like, you would hear crickets right now, but they're too embarrassed to cricket. (laughs) (laughs) So they go around and he's like going around about why everybody's funny. And when he gets to the end, he goes, in fact, there's only one person in this godforsaken hospital that's funny no matter what he says. And Dr. Kelso walks up and goes in a... And the guy who plays him is so, if you don't know, he's such, like, charming kind of southern gentleman-like style. But he walks up and he goes, holy hell, are my trousers made of wool? Because my weasel's getting heat stroke. And he walks away. And he just (laughs) says it deadpan and just walks away. (laughs) So you're comparing that to Dolly. Everything she says is funny or endearing, and I love her. Yep, yep. All right, let's go. Get a room with Dolly. He (laughs) would love to have a room with Dolly. American treasure, Dolly Parton. Yep. So although Dolly has been very upfront about her growing up in poverty, Mm -hmm. calling it something that she is neither proud nor ashamed of, Mm -hmm. and it clearly being the inspiration for so many of her songs and other works of hers, it seems it's still more extreme than people can imagine. A journalist for Country Music Magazine, Alana Nash, once said, quote, no matter how many pictures you've seen or how much you have fantasized about it, you are not prepared. <laughs> what? No, I just think that's funny. She says it is the most extreme rural, which always comes to mind, rural poverty imaginable. Mm-hmm. Direer, which is that? I didn't know that was a word. Direer. Direer. <laughs> Even then, Dolly has painted it. Mm-hmm. And as you stand there, gazing at the ancient washing machine on the porch... And in the inoperative still, off to the side of the house in front of the rusted automobile parts and the scraggly chickens, 
he feel guilty for having wondered if Dolly has exaggerated her humble origins. Damn. Damn. So she, they were broke. Yeah. And I know that from watching uh, A a Christmas of Many Colors every year. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe you'd know, Tim, if you'd Uh, watch it. Apparently, I'm not high on the super fan list because I've never watched Christmas of Many Colors. Little Dolly is at Miss Moody's. I love her teacher's name is Miss Moody. She's at Miss Moody's house and she thinks the toilet is a foot washer because they don't have a toilet. You should watch it. You'd learn a thing or two. About Dolly. If you love her so much, you'd watch it. I'm just a fan of her reading advocacy. So now let's talk about religion. Avi Lee's father, Jake Owens, so Dolly's grandpa, Mm -hmm. he was a Pentecostal preacher. Very fire and brimstone style. Mm. In turn, Avi Lee was quite devout. And Dolly said, quote, from the time I was born, I was carried led pushed or dragged into church every time the doors opened (laughs) same Mm. sister (laughs) except dolly didn't have the privilege that i had of having a bathroom to lock herself in (laughs) that's true there was only yeah there wasn't a whole lot of escape places i I am just dripping with privilege in this situation (laughs) dolly says that she wanted to have a relationship with god but that she was quote the ultimate nightmare for a fundamentalist christian out to save souls I was a kid with her own opinions. Which can't have that, and Bill Gothard would wholeheartedly no. agree with what she's saying. Not at all. She is a fundamentalist nightmare with opinions. So in reference to her grandpa Owens and mother, Dolly said, quote, I could see that the way they worship God worked for them. Mm-hmm. And she really put that in her like dash for them That's in funny. her book. Mm-hmm. Which I just I love the f- <laughs> the emphasis on that. Mm-hmm. She said that she saw them as good people, but what she had a problem, what she was resistant to was the way that God was portrayed and presented. Basically, she was not into the whole vengeful God or God-fearing thing. Right. And found it even scary at times. She goes on to say, quote, Now, of course, I can see that this was no accident, for fear was indeed the tool often used by the well-meaning soul savers to bring those less opinion opinionated to redemption mm-hmm. it was effective even on me yeah which i'm not into that shit at all either mm-hmm. i don't believe that god has that kind of ego and wrath that's just not what i personally believe mm-hmm. and nor do i think that fear is a tact a healthy tactic to control people that you know yeah. they often turn to but um I, just, I think it's genuinely sad that people live with the fear and anxiety of punishment damnation you know in their day-to-day like what a sad way to navigate through your day-to-day life in such Mm -hmm. fear like i got enough of my own anxiety without the wrath of god and in my day-to-day life it's like no no thing no thank you yeah well it calls into question what the motivation is because then it becomes are you not doing these things because you don't want to be hurtful or disrespectful to someone else or are you not doing them because you're afraid of consequences yeah you know Yep. So she says that she remembers sitting in church and at just six years old, feeling like a worthless sinner. Which yeah. I kind of think back to the Josh McDonald thing where he was just mm-hmm. like, without God, I was made to be worthless and I was just a sinner. You know, or like, mm-hmm. um, so she said that she just remembers feeling ashamed, but not knowing what she had done to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And what was it that just, what did she do that justified burning in hellfire? I have so much of that same feeling growing up in Catholic church. 
Mexican Catholic church. Like there's just so much of that where like I remember going through all the normal like steps of different things that you would do as a kid at different ages. And I remember having that same thought where I'm like, am I so bad? Like, what okay, did I do? So I leave yeah. some dirty cups in my room and my mom gets mad. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I that was legitimately the thing I thought about. I'm like, am I a terrible, like, I'm, I'm in school, like, I play basketball after school. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing anything bad. Why am I supposed to feel so bad? Which is like I was telling you how my friend, were, she was at that church thing and they were just mm. like, what do you need to, like, what, what do you need to make right? What do you need? To? And she's like, I can't think of it she's like i felt like i was being pressured to like confess to something that i felt like i didn't do like you know or like over inflate something to make it sound like it's this big redemption story exactly because that makes it they're oh look she came to this and she realized her the wrongs of her ways and Yeah. yeah so um so she asks questions but we all know that that doesn't go over well tony um yeah questions they're not allowed and you know you're just supposed to go with it basically mm-hmm. so they told her that she was too young to understand dolly now says quote it seemed to me that it should work both ways mm-hmm. i should also be too young to be punished for something i didn't understand agree then i was told that just the fact that i was questioning things was a sin in itself blasphemy yeah which is funny because when i said that a second ago i forgot that that was a line in here i forgot that i had written that <laughs> but like yeah no it's like you're not allowed to ask questions. Yeah. Literally, we said that, and then it's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. So, this next quote, it really resonates with me. And it's, quote, to me, it seems like a lot of people took the Bible too literally, but at the same time, they were selective in which parts they clung to with such conviction. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me like the part, judge not lest you be judged, got kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. Which is exactly how I feel, which mm-hmm. we have mentioned several times. Yep. Everyone reads the same book, but the inter- interpretations of it are all different with varying degrees of literalism yep. at different parts and different focuses. And that's why we have all these denominations based off of the same thing. And then each one says that they're the one doing it right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's just so, um, yeah, that particular line just really spoke to me that, yeah, it's like. Mm-hmm. Felt like they're being selective and clinging to different parts with super conviction and mm-hmm. yeah. It's hard. It's it's such a weird like point growing up in a religious background and having starting to have thoughts that way. You've talked about it, I've talked about it. It's just that's usually what it is, is like, am I am I specific? Like am I unique in my experience or Am I being blamed for stuff that I don't feel I should be blamed for? Yeah. Yep. Because then you're like, I f- everybody else is, seems to say that they're like, think they're some big sinner. I'm not, I'm mm. not. So I must be right. Like, right. you know. So being the fundamentalist Christian nightmare that she was, her words, not mine, mm-hmm. um, with her opinions and questionings of some of the teachings being taught to her, paired with her very dolly sass and spunk that we love. Mm-hmm. Dolly had a way of pushing buttons. Dolly thought that the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother, she thought of it as sort of a catch-all commandment that you could just make about anything a sin if your parents wanted to, which mm-hmm. she ain't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like along the lines of the whole IBLP umbrella of authority. Right. When, when they have this thing in place, you can be like, well, you step, your authority says no, or you stepped out from under the But It's just having these convenient things in place mm-hmm. where you can kind of be like, well, you're sinning. 
it's kind of um in like corporate world it's kind of like when the same thing happens and do that to people that are above you in the management chain they can pull out the insubordination card for anything yeah for anything Mm -hmm. if you point out that there's problems that are their fault and they take offense to it and you get you start talking you're argumentative that's subordinate insubordination yes yeah. or almost like kind of the same but not or kind of just like in your job description where it's like in other tasks as assigned it's their way to take advantage of you because they're like well it does say other tasks as it's <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like if you make something vague yeah there's more of a way that you can Correct. just make anything twist into it mm-hmm. you know and fit your agenda i do have to say about um them telling her that she was too young to understand i agree there's concepts that as certain age groups have no context of there is things that they're not going to understand but i feel like that's such a cop-out answer to be like i don't have to explain myself to you because oh yeah obviously i hate that so much yeah it is a cop-out and i i've i don't know if i've talked about it on here but like growing up in multiple different arenas in multiple different experiences i was going through i was told that my experience wasn't enough because i wasn't old enough and I remember I hear that all the time. Well, well, the kids. The, so I try really hard to not to be like kids these days about stuff because I didn't control when I was born. So I try not to do that to other people. We, we can joke and talk about differences. The fashions of, of these days. No. <laughs> but there's never a point where I'm like, oh, well, these idiot kids. It's so minimizing. And I feel like that's kind of how that feels where it's like, oh, shit, I don't have the answers she's trying to point on me. So I'm just going to tell her she's too You're immature. You're too young to, to understand. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I hate that shit. Yep. Any hoozle. So um, with this whole honor thy mother and thy father, um, Dolly decides to take this literally as she so often saw them do around her in church. And she used it to her benefit, basically. So she would tell her parents, it says, honor, not obey. (laughs) This, of course, didn't keep her out of trouble, but she said that it allowed her to sniff back her tears with the healthy sense of righteousness, (laughs) basically, as she got beat. Yeah. 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 So still, in trying to figure out what sin she had committed... She decided that it was probably sex. <laughs> Not that she'd had it, but, quote, somehow just being aware of <laughs> aware that it existed feels like a grie- <laughs> grievous sin in itself. Wow. End quote. But, um, because Dolly, God forbid, uh, was aware of boys. Mm-hmm. And she has some really great, great lines regarding this. Are you ready for this? Oh, gosh. Oh, Dolly. She says, quote, <laughs> so there I sat. Trying to be holy, praying for forgiveness for sins I couldn't put my finger on, repenting for things I had put my fingers on, (laughs) and all the while being aware of the boys looking at me, the woods behind the church, and the possible combination of all of these things. (laughs) The devil and I certainly had one thing in common. We were both horny. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I know. Oh, man. Through all this, Dolly didn't feel like she had found God or was in tune with him the way that she saw others around her seem to be. She also didn't like to be around other people when she prayed and wanted to do that in private. Mm -hmm. Luckily, Dolly ended up finding a place that she was able to do all of this. An old rundown chapel that was a local hookup spot, (laughs) a location for drinking and fighting, and even the scene of a stabbing or two. 
It's also where she used to pick up old condom wrappers, and she said, quote, It was because I knew what they were that I was fascinated by them. (laughs) I knew what had come in this package, what it had been placed around, and what it had ultimately been placed into. (laughs) (laughs) Which just reminds me of my, um, my elementary school. There was this one tree kind of like in the back corner of the playground Mm -hmm. that had, it was a big tree and it had benches around it, like octagon style. Mm -hmm. And like you'd come there and every morning there was used condoms and condom wrappers everywhere. Like that was like the spot. And so I was like, this takes me back. Wow. When I was in elementary school. So the walls of the chapel also had dirty drawings on them, and she studied them and sometimes even (laughs) added to them. She said she was always looking at the organs. (laughs) (laughs) So the chapel also happened to have an old piano that was left behind. So here in one place, she was able to combine the three things in life that she was most curious about. God, music, and sex. She spent a lot of time in that chapel, rotating between singing hymns, praying, and looking at the dirty pictures. (laughs) One day, there in the chapel, Dolly had a breakthrough, and she says she met God for the very first time. Only now, he wasn't a chastising bully, but a friend she could talk to one-on-one, and she said, quote, that's the kind of Heavenly Father that made sense to me. Wow. She also said, quote, I had found God, I had found Dolly Parton, and I loved them both. Oh. I don't know why I'm getting all emotional. Damn, I didn't I thought we would make this one through without I you know. Um, it's just so like self affirming and I think I think we're in this age of like prioritizing the idea of self care and mental health and you know, we're we're in this thing where I think a lot of people slash influences influences, not sirs. Um, and like companies and things are all about that idea and they like to push it, but I think it's sometimes it's harder than not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's good. This kid went out and found it for herself. Mm-hmm. So, um, after this breakthrough in the chapel, Dolly asked to be baptized and while her mother was all for it, some of the old biddies in the congregation were against it. Of course. Basically, basically because she had found God outside of church. They're like, we didn't see anything happen in church. You know, they like oh didn't think that it like really happened or the right way or whatever. Do you want this or not? Like, that's For how that fucking feels. real, do you, right? Like, do you want her to believe? So now and- she's not doing it right. Yeah. You know, but her mom didn't care and she set up the baptism anyway. Dolly was 12 at the time and uh, two of her biggest assets had already made their presence known. <laughs> So when she was baptized in a white dress in the river, the boys began sh- shouting, hallelujah. <laughs> and she said, quote, I thought it was altogether in keeping with what I have learned in the old chapel and my relationship with my friendly God. He wouldn't have given them to me if, I, if he hadn't wanted people to notice them. <laughs> oh, funny. So I feel like this really sums up her struggles with God and religion as a child and how she came to find God in her own way. So now I want to transition into how she really honed in on her beliefs and sort of defined them for herself, what her relationship with God and religion looks like as an adult. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of what I'm about to read really embodies a lot of my own beliefs, too. So it was very, like, comforting and, like, nice to read. Yeah. Coming from someone that I think is, like, a great person, too, you R- know? Right, right, right. So Dolly said, quote, 
I am not a very religious person, although I grew up with a very religious background. I am highly spiritual and there is a great difference. Often, I feel religion is so organized and categorized that it loses sight of the true love of the spirit. But I ain't preaching. I'm just talking. (laughs) She's also said, quote, while Christianity and its symbols are powerful parts of my life, I am not one of those who believes that a person has to embrace them to be a decent and worthwhile human being. Mm -hmm. I know she says she's not preaching, but preach it, Dolly. (laughs) She's also said that she has come to believe that God fearing actually means God respecting, but that as a child, the fear was real. Yeah, I believe it. That fire and brimstone's real. Yep. Um, and finally, to sort of round it all out and how she worships today, she said, quote, I don't follow any traditions. I don't think I have to because I believe my church is in my heart. God is right there. And we've talked about this. Church can be where, you know, we talked about Melissa Urban, how she calls hiking, going to church. She's like, yeah. today I went to church. where It can be whatever the fuck mm-hmm. brings you peace, makes you feel connected, yep. brings you comfort, does not have to be showing up to a building and participating in a ritual. Correct. You know? Mm-hmm. So, in this evolution of defining her faith and relationship with God for herself, Dolly has also embraced and supported things that her childhood church still actively condemns, most notably the LGBTQ community. Of course. Her first small nod of support came in the early 90s with her song Family, with mention of gays being like part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like drunks, gays, blah, blah, blah. Like she, you know, lists off a bunch of things. Okay. And over the years, she has become even more vocal in her support. In a 2017 interview with Larry King, Dolly said, quote, We are who we are. If you're gay, you're gay. If you're straight, you're straight. And you should be allowed to be how you are and who you are. When asked in that same interview if she had received backlash from the Christian community for her support of the LGBTQ community, uh, she said, of course, all the time. Yeah. But then said, quote, I keep saying, if you're the fine Christian that you think you are, why are you judging people? Damn, yep. Get him, Dolly. Yep. Dolly um, had a song. <laughs> what well, goes through my head is the is the scene from Friday where they're sitting on the porch and it's both of them leaning to the side going, damn, that's what that goes <laughs> yeah. through my head. Dolly has a song called Traveling Through that she wrote for the movie Transamerica. And on her website, she talked about, like, you know, when she was writing it and things like that and, like, what inspired it and just all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And she said, quote, some people are blind or ignorant and you can't be that prejudiced and hateful and grow through this world and still be happy. Facts. Yes. Facts, man. It's like it takes so much energy to be that fucking hateful. Mm -hmm. How how could you be happy to just, Mm -hmm. like, walk around being that fucking filled with that much rage and just hate towards someone mm-hmm. and i know it's not obviously for like a like a like a big idea or a big kind of group of people but we talked about like the angry customer at work last weekend yeah and i remember there was a point that i told that to the server when she was kind of starting to feel a little bit better about it i kind of looked at her and i'm like just think about it this way imagine going through life that miserable that a steak and a side of dressing set you off yeah how fucking miserable is that yep yeah um and i kind of want to leave this section about her support for the community with a little haha if you will okay 
So she said this several times in different interviews and like sometimes the wording of it is slightly different, but the gist is all the same Mm -hmm. that whenever she's discussing her support for gay marriage, she loves to say, quote, sure, why can't they get married? They should suffer like the rest of us do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Which is just the charm of Dolly addressing controversial topics in a way that she is in no way shying away against expressing how she actually feels about Mm -hmm. it, but with a dash of humor. Yep. She's amazing. Yep. Gets the message across and it's still funny. Because it really does like embody the way that I think you and I feel about a lot of those things. Do what you want. Don't hate on other people. Don't push your beliefs on other people. Just try to be happy. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Let other people be happy, too. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there Christ. you go. Let other people live. Yep. Do you want to know the... the? I didn't find the Dolly quote that I was looking for, but I can interject with one as a transition. Sure. They were asking her about kind of her look throughout the years, and one of them, they were like, what do you think about the stereotype of you being a dumb blonde? She's like, I'm oh. not dumb. I know I'm not blonde. <laughs> yeah, I- um. <laughs> You know, we talked about I don't the one. Take offense because I'm not dumb or blonde. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other one that I just found right now it says, "I've tried every diet in the book. I tried some that weren't in the book. I tried eating the book. It tasted better than most of those diets." <laughs> That's from her book that I read. <laughs> yeah. And like, I la- I, la- I there's so many good quotes in there that I think I might do um, on a Dolly quote real a Dolly quote thing on our pickle month Ooh, because I'm like, be cool, there's yeah. so many things that were so funny, but it's like it didn't go with the story. That, like, maybe I'll just do a random smattering of yep. all the good Dolly quotes. Yep. People say, oh, you just always seem so happy, said Parton in, quote, dream more. Well, that's the Botox. Nobody's happy all the time, but I work hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. So, since we were just referring to her getting backlash from the Christian community, mm-hmm. um, I figured let's just, like, lean into that a little bit more as a topic here. Okay. So, honestly, finding criticism criticism of her is objectively harder. Oh, yeah. Because most searching yields overwhelmingly positive things about her. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real, everybody f- fucking loves Dolly. <laughs> so, it's not... It wasn't exactly easy. Yeah. Um, and some of, some of the larger publications, particularly like Christian publications, their criticism of her was either vague, kind of boring, or behind a paywall. But the thing that provided the most entertainment, though were the small personal blogs. Okay. Because those people get uppity and angry. Like, it's <laughs> wild. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Like, so much for, like, oof. it's wild. So, yeah. we're going to get into that. So, let's start with an article titled, Dolly Parton Masquerades as a Bible Christian. <laughs> on the website, JesusIsPrecious.org. Oh, my goodness. Like, did Michelle create this fucking website? <laughs> like, precious. Like, who created this fucking website? Yeah. I mean, I think even Jesus is like, don't call me precious. I'm a grown man. Don't. I'm 33 years old. Like, <laughs> you seem super hateful. Can you, like, not attach me to this? Like, that's how that feels. So <laughs> they say, quote, I'll give Dolly Parton the benefit of the doubt that she is sincere. But I can also tell you, biblical, without his hesitation, that Miss Parton is of the devil. Oh, Can damn. you imagine thinking that? Anyways, <laughs> um, so they go on to say how money is the root of evil and that because of her fortune, that is why she is of the devil and that she may have money, but is, quote, penniless in eternity. 
Everything's so dramatic. It, all of it. It's the fucking theatrics. In regards to Dolly's judge not lest ye be judged, like philosophy that she... Which comes out of the book they like. <laughs> you love this book, right? Yeah. Um, they say that she obviously does not listen to God and that, quote, Dolly Parton portrays herself a Christian, which is dangerous when she endorses same-sex marriage and public lewdness for women. Wow. And that, quote, this is one of the most misunderstood and perverted passages of the scripture in the Bible. God is not telling us to look the other way and tolerate social wickedness, which is what Dolly Parton is doing. So they're not arguing. They're arguing the fact that they can't look away because the thing they're upset about is wicked in their eyes. Because it wasn't about like, it wasn't about a personal thing where it's like, you shouldn't judge people because you should probably focus on yourself. They weren't disagreeing with that. They were saying, I can't look away because this is so bad, is what it is. Um, so this blog goes on and on, but I just wanted to highlight two more things that they, like, it just is, just, it just rambles. But I just want to highlight two more things. They say, quote, Dolly is exploiting Christianity to bridge the rightful gap between the righteous and the wicked, between the straight and the crooked. Exploiting Christianity, they say. Wow. That's uh, okay. Yeah. All right. It looks at a weird, like I remember, I remember following bands when I was in high school and I'm like, oh, I really like their music and they're just, they're musicians. And then there was like the super like religious kind of Christian kids that I went to school with were like, oh, we love that band because they're a Christian band. And it's that thing of like, is it a Christian band or are they people that make music that just happen to be Christian? Like, that's how that feels because I don't think she's exploiting Christianity. Her, her brand isn't like, look how Christian I am. She's a person that has this and happens mm-hmm. to be, yeah, of Christian faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also another banger here. They say, <laughs> "quote Dolly Parton, as do many other heathens." Have the wrong mindset that anything goes. No matter what wickedness people commit, the sinful world says, don't judge them, leave them be. Oh, that's the argument that um, if if we let one thing happen, there's just going to be no laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we let one person go against exactly what we believe, it's, it's going to affect all of you us. You should just let everything happen. Yep. One of the things that ground my gears at the time of kind of like the gay marriage bills coming about was the argument from people that were like, well, if we allow this, we might as well allow bestiality. Yeah. yeah. I, I was not, not, even even, rem- not even close to being the same no. thing. No, and, not at all. And what is it? It was it Marjorie Taylor Greene that says that in so many years it's going to be this. Everybody's going to be gay or like like she yeah. said, like some percentage of like this. Mm-hmm. Many, it's like it's not how it fucking works. Like, like it's. And like, that's not even the point. Like, to, like having somebody on the other side of an issue, when you can dehumanize them in your head, you can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's wild to me that you care so much. Like, what does another mm-hmm. marriage have anything? And I'm I, gay, straight, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, you know, sister wives, polygamy marriages. <laughs> but what does, what do other people's marriages, what effect does that have on you? Fucking effect. nothing. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off already. Anyways. 
So um, this whole post is just filled with so many exclamation points. If you could hear it in my reading, I'm hoping. <laughs> um, sometimes three or four, just so you know how bad it really is. You mm. know, they just want how you to evil. know. They're trying yes. to fight against evil. Yes. Uh, the next blog I'm going to highlight is one called Red State Ramblings that had a post titled Three Lies Dolly Parton's Religion is Using to Destroy America. Ooh. So dramatic. You know, you know when I think of things destroying America, Dolly Parton is definitely at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. We got to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. Or her lies about religion, not her herself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't be looking at that. <laughs> so the blog post starts off acknowledging that Dolly has done a lot of good things, referring to her charity work and things like that, but then says, quote, but I have big concerns for Dolly. Oh. <laughs> Remember, they're doing it just like the Bill Gothard letter, where the Bill Gothard letter was written in a way where it's like, I'm just writing you as a as a parent because I'm concerned. And for Christianity. Remember, he said the cause of Christianity. Correct. I'm just worried about the cause of Christianity. Yeah. It's coming from a place of concern. Yep. All right. So going, um, but I have big concerns for Dolly. If she was my friend, I would do what someone did for me 20 years ago. I would take her out for coffee and tell her that she is on a path that leads to death. Spoiler alert. We're all on a path to death. Just saying. What? The moment you're born, you're dying. What? Um, not only that, I would tell her that the lies she is spreading about the nature of God and our duty to him, or the lack thereof, Ooh. has hurt our country in ways from which we may never fully recover. Damn. The drama. Damn. Dolly out here just fucking destroying America. We might never recover from the mm. hurt she's caused America. Man. No amount of reading advocacy is going to come back from nope. that. You can try, but fail. Yeah. So she rails on on how Dolly's spiritual, not religious thing. Um, she says that this is the religion of our day and is, quote, used to justify any sort of departure from scripture. And she calls it the religion of selfism. Ooh. So remember, Bill Gothard is all about humanism, but mm. you know now we got selfism. That's true. Can't be too into yourself. <laughs> We <laughs> self-care is bad okay doesn't the bible say know thyself <laughs> um so now she gets into the three lies that are referenced in the title lie number one people can be spiritual without being religious the author speaks of how people say things like you know it's just me and jesus or i don't have to attend church to be a christian or it's the religious people jesus had a problem with and goes on to say, quote, There is truth in each of those statements, but just like any good lie, the deadly part is easily consumed since it comes in a pretty package. <laughs> um, I just like, it's just so, uh, just so they, I don't have to attend, her saying that it's a lie. I don't have to attend church to be mm-hmm. a Christian. You're more, it, so you're saying that a faith in God is not it, it's more important that you attend church yeah, than actually it's not enough that you have all of these beliefs fucking it's about asinine. you showing up to a building every sunday asinine pisses me off <laughs> it's just so like exactly like you said you could have somebody who fully believes 
and treats other people with the lessons that they feel like they learned from Jesus, and that's the way that they run Embody their lives. Embody a good life. Yeah. High you, morals. Mm-hmm. High morals. Treat other people with respect. You you love your neighbor. You do all these things. But if you don't show up to this building, you're just as bad as somebody who's do out doing shit that's contrary. You're not a real Christian, according to this fucking asshole. All right. At so- the end of the, at the end of this section i want to talk about gatekeeping okay so line number two is your thoughts about the nature of god are equally as valid as the next person's she says that's i guess that's a lie (laughs) um she calls this quote the most sinister lie dolly and other well-meaning celebrities have given their lives to preaching throughout our country and then she says that people are creating gods like of their own that love what they love and hate what they hate hmm all right. Um, line number three. If ch- if church people have let you down, you can leave. God understands. She says uh, that. So the author does state, quote, of these three lies, this is the most understandable to my sinful heart. But the last paragraph, I'm skipping over most of it. The last paragraph says, quote, if you've been spiritually abused and you you don't get a pass, the church exists for Jesus. So what about yeesh? I know that like especially down in the south like Catholicism isn't big. That's not the flavor of Christianity that it is prevalent down there. Yeah. But with that idea like the abuse that went on in the Catholic Church like that's not an excuse to shake your faith at all. Or um anything that happened with an IBLP or I mean just right. like anything that happens where it's just sickening to be like, nope, it doesn't matter. You need to go to church. That yeah. is not an excuse. Because then they can put the, the blame on it wasn't the church. It wasn't the environment that was created within that kind of structure. It was this one person. And th- this is exactly what happens when you put emphasis on showing up to something over mm-hmm. having your own faith or your own relationship with God. Or this actually what- being a good person. Exactly. This is yeah. what happens because then it's like you're supposed to look past mm-hmm. people that are treating you badly mm-hmm. or doing things that are bad or, you know what I mean? Or, right. you know, but you, you just need to be there. You need to show up. It's Correct. for Jesus. It mm-hmm. exists for him. It's not about you. Yeah. Then why the fuck am I here? You should have done this. You should do this the way that I do it. Yep. So, um, do you want to say more before I kind of wrap that up? No, go ahead. Okay. So in wrapping this up, I wanted to turn it around a little bit, um, and talk about some of the wonderful things that Dolly has done. Are you sure you didn't want to talk about gatekeeping? Yeah, actually real quick. One of my favorite memes going around is a painting of Jesus with a large group of people and, um, He's speaking to them, kind of sitting on a rock, lightly elevated over them, and he's kind of speaking to them. And then they put comic book style word bubbles out, and Jesus says, you need to love your neighbor. And then there's a person in the crowd that's kind of standing up, and he says, but Jesus, what if they're from another country or they're, it was like, what if they're from another country or they're gay? And then they photoshopped like serious eyebrows on Jesus. And the quote says, did I fucking stutter? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I love that because as someone who doesn't participate in organized religion, but does really try to live my life in a way of respect of other people and being a good person, that's how I feel. And what they would call Christ-like, which is funny. Mm Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I try to live my life that way because I don't want to do things to other people or the people around me. And it l- lines up pretty hard to some organized religions in the way they say you should think. But once again, because I don't go to a building every Sunday, I'm not a good person yeah. in the eyes of some people. Yeah. You're not saying in, that's everybody. In the eyes of red state ramblings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I said, I just wanted to kind of turn this around a little bit mm-hmm. after we just heard her get slammed for stupid shit. But yeah. I just want to talk about some of the wonderful things that Dolly has done. Okay. So Dolly partnered with the owners of Silver Dollar City in Pigeon Forge. So there was another mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, which was sort of a mediocre amusement park at the time. <laughs> it had been owned. So this was in 1986. Mm. Um, it had been owned and sold by several different people under different names since the 60s. And the latest version in right. the mid 80s was Silver Dollar City. Um, and she partnered with them to turn it into Dollywood like we saw today. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, I always thought that if I made it big or got successful at what I did, what I had started out to do, that I wanted to come back to my part of the country and do something great, something mm-hmm. that would bring a lot of jobs into this area. And Dolly did just that. Wow. Because in a 2021 economic study conducted by the University of Tennessee, they found that the annual direct and indirect economic impact of Dollywood to be more than 1.8 billion. Nice. And that the park helped create more than 23,000 jobs for the region. Mm-hmm. And that's not even counting all the ancillary shit. Like Dollywood itself is like doing that. Uh, no. but, oh, yeah. Go ahead. But I was just going to say, think about all the stuff that pop up around Dollywood. Not like other attractions, but even just like the amenities that you need and the infrastructure and you know what I mean? Like, it's incredible. It put Pigeon Forge on the map Mm -hmm. because when you create a tourist destination and then she expanded it into more attractions, like there's Mm -hmm. more than just Dollywood, there's like extra things now. When you create that, then you need to have, besides the employees that you need for the park itself, which a lot of her family works in the park to this day, um, besides the actual park, think of the hotels, the restaurants, Mm -hmm. the mom and pop shops. You just create so much just because Mm -hmm. people are coming so even if it's not the park itself it's giving everybody this giant leg up and my co-worker said that the one that went there was she was like you you need a day to just hang out in the city Mm -hmm. like there's so much stuff you know um in 1995 inspired by her by her father who could neither read nor write she started Imagination Library. So this is where he, <laughs> Tim has been talking Reading about all, all episode. Yep. Where So in this program, starting from birth up until school age, children are sent a book each month regardless of economic status. So you don't need to prove anything. Mm-hmm. Which means a child can receive up to 60 different books by the age of five. So She's evil, I tell you. <laughs> I know. Of the devil, remember? <laughs> of the devil, Hurting the country, destroying America. Destroying America by sending them books. Yeah. This somebody get this bitch out of here. <laughs> um. So what's it started in just her county, uh, in Tennessee, and then expanded to the entire state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. then to the entire United States, and then now it has now even branched out to other English speaking countries such as Canada, Ireland, and the UK. Wow. As of February 2023, so just about, you know, five seconds ago, they have sent out over 200 million books since they started. 
It's crazy. Uh, and I think if I read something that I think they're at 2.2 million a month at this point. Jeez. And they they have and it's like I didn't write all this down, so I don't have all the exacts. But it was like mm-hmm. when I was reading up on it, it's like they have a really, um, they have reading specialists and teachers and all these people that select the books and put them through rotations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of thought put into it that, and they update to make sure that it's like with current stuff and then also classics. Like there's a lot of thought put into it. It's not like they're just sending out like right random ass shit. Wow. But you know hurting our country so Destroying the we'll world. never this... we in ways we may, may never recover from that's true like they said mm-hmm. so i really wanted to highlight those two things because they were some of her biggest works but also because they appear in this episode um but dolly has done countless other acts of charity that she keeps quiet about some of which have been uncovered by sleuths <laughs> Ooh. Such as those that have figured out that she has been the one paying for the band uniforms for many Tennessee high school high schools in the area, which I included this fact in your honor. So it's Hell funny yeah. that you talked about bands earlier. Hell yeah. Music. So Tool um, of the devil, as we learned. Yeah. So that's one of those things. And then on a larger scale, when it was revealed that she was that she had donated a million dollars to the production of the Moderna vaccine. Mm-hmm. Which Tim has the dolly. Yep, I got dollied. I don't have the dolly. I was early in it. I, I was um, lucky at the time. I was in the second phase because I worked in education at the time. We're, yep. we're just behind a uh, frontline stuff, mm-hmm. so I got mine very early, and I, I didn't have a choice. I just got what was there, so I had Pfizer. But Tim got the fucking dolly. But he, you know what? He's the one who's over here, just like creaming his pants over her. So it's probably for the best that you got the dolly. I f- I'm just happy that her and I share something. Yeah, she's in you. You know, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. She said, quote, I just knew when the pandemic started, I felt in my heart it was going to be bad, be a bad thing. I tried to always put my money where my heart and where my head is. I felt I should donate some money to the cause for myself or my family. And then, of course, that was the end of that quote. Um, of course, she, she got flack for it because there's those people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you don't like the way she... <laughs> You don't like she the way she's her, her money. money. Why don't you go use the million dollars you don't have? Um, <laughs> go use your million dollars for something you stand behind. Okay? Mm-hmm. Go fucking do that. Let her use her million dollars for what mm-hmm. she stands behind. And like, fuck yep. off already. Yep. Um, and then I, I love her response to the criticism. She said, quote, I don't believe anybody has the right to judge another person. And they don't have the right to even judge me when I do things that come from my heart. Mm-hmm. I never tried to shove it down anyone's throat. Just the vaccine was there, and if my little dab of money helped get it out to more people who did want it, then fine. I never judged anyone who didn't get it or thought anybody should be getting it or not getting it. I'm not political on those things. I just felt the need to help. Yeah, and that was the thing about it, too, was that never in any of that was she was like, you should really get this. And she advocated for it, Mm -hmm. like, you know, but like she wasn't like, you're a gigantic piece of shit, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I did love it because it was funny when, um, because they had, they did a video when she got her shot that was Uh posted on socials, kind of like ceremoniously. And I loved it because the title of it was Dolly Gets a Dose of Her Own Medicine. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And she was like roasting the doctor the whole time. She Mm -hmm. was like, because like when he was taking a while, I just remember her being just like, this is taking longer than I expected. And she was like, you could, and then she wore like a, like a shirt that had cutouts on the on yep. the shoulder. She's like, I yep. wore this shirt for this. And she's like, I'm sure you can find muscle in there somewhere. <laughs> she's just funny. 
Um, so I'm going to end on one final laugh from Dolly that was in the back Q&A section of that book, her, her autobiography. Mm-hmm. And I picked this question because I read it, I laughed out loud, and it <laughs> resonated with me. Okay. I think uh, I'm ready. I think I'm prepared. So the question was, how can you claim to be so God-fearing and have such a dirty mouth? <laughs> and her response was, I don't really talk dirty to be dirty, which is funny. I can literally hear her voice like, yep. you know, like in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't talk really talk dirty to be dirty. It's just a way of communication. <laughs> Some people are just born cussers. <laughs> I don't even realize I'm doing it. Same, sister. <laughs> if I have offended anybody with any of my language in this book, all I can say is tough titty. <laughs> and like that is me. It's mm-hmm. like I don't cuss to sound a certain way. Like I don't do it to be cool or like or whatever. It's just how you talk. It's literally just how I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really just think the whole idea of it being bad is just so fucking silly. Yeah. Because it's complete. It's a completely made up thing. Yeah. Like I I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's from people just deciding that this word Correct. is worse than that word. Correct. Even when they're used in the exact same context and mm-hmm. it drives me insane. So like my dad, for example, he would, he'd be fine saying, I'm sick of your crap or come pick up your crap. But if you said, I'm sick of your shit, come pick up your shit. It was bad. He would lose his shit, you know, mm-hmm. like that was bad. But I'm like, it's literally the same shit. Yep. Or people saying, heck, is so much better or. Darn it instead of damn it. Yes. Yeah. Or even the cornier like fudge or frick in place of fuck. But it's the, it's same, the same meaning. Thing. Mm-hmm. The context is the same. Yeah. But somehow yours is fine and mine isn't or others Correct. isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's just silly to me because it's completely arbitrary. Now mm-hmm. I'm just on a tangent. It's com- And if like if you truly find it to be a problem, I challenge you to speak with no replacement words in your own language whatsoever. Yeah. Because they are both being used as words of emphasis. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. Yeah. So if you really find a problem, find a whole new way of speaking because you're doing the same shit as me. Yeah. Well, if you look at like sp- certain Christian sects, um, when they talk about not using God's name in vain, and then those are the people that say gosh, that's where gosh came from. I know, I like know. gosh was a replacement for that. I know. Yeah. Gersh, gersh, darn it, dag, nam it. Yeah, cot sarnet. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the context is the same. They're both words of emphasis. Yeah. You just decide yours is okay and mine is not. Yeah. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> I also feel like there's a social level of that. When it comes to kind of restrictive social groups, religions are one of those, um, with the way that women should act. And it's kind of like the stay sweetly or whatever. Keep sweet. Keep sweet. Yeah. It's like that kind of stuff where it's like, well, a lady doesn't do this. And it's like, well, a lady should be able to do whatever the fuck she wants, really. And I do do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) Yeah. And so I will say, like, when we've talked about those things, I started this new job. Honestly, 95% of the women that work there, front and back of the house, all have tattoos. And one of our, like, banquet people that works has this, like, beautiful, 
like sleeve on one of her arms and i'm not gonna lie it's made me want to get more tattoos um i've literally like it's gotten me it's just so many people have really cool art on them but it's that same idea like there was an era that was a lot of these types of mindsets that were like women should never get tattoos what kind of women get tattoos are the the question they would the always ones ask. that cuss exactly and i have exactly. all of the above yeah tattoos and i cuss i'm just a crassy ass lady yeah so it's it's interesting how societal norms have changed as like Religion has kind of become less and not in vogue, but definitely not the majority that it used to hold. It is interesting to see kind of those items. And it I think about it working in the in a corporate hotel. They were very okay with a lot of things like hair color and like. We had a couple employees that had, like, not giant, but they had, like, gauges in their ears. And it's just this idea, because I, I go to QT a lot. I love QT. They make their employees cover their tattoos. And I'll see it. I'm like, it's 110 degrees outside, and the cashier lady has a long sleeve shirt on. And I'm like, oh, that's why. And that's such an old mindset. Well, it's funny, because even when, so my previous, so my last job but then the one before that, when I worked at a hospital, I was there for seven years. When I first started there, it was like, you couldn't have your piercings. You couldn't have your tattoos. Uh-huh. You couldn't have weird hair colors. And so it's like you had all the, and I, well, no, weird is not the right word. Unnatural. Because mm. I don't think it's yeah. weird. But it's like their their idea. They think it's weird is why Correct. I said that. But it's the unnatural. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw so many doctors and nurses coming through having to wear the cotton shirt underneath like, mm-hmm. a, like their own sister wives yep. because they needed to cover. And then by the time I left, it took about seven years. I'd say it took about five and a half, six mm-hmm. years or whatever. They finally let, let go of that. But I'm like, when the fuck are you? I'm like, who do you want people here taking care of people? Yeah. And would you? I'd rather have a fully tatted up nurse taking care of me in the hospital that is a great nurse and a good person than somebody who has no nothing and they're a jerk you know what oh, I mean? no but they don't have tattoos <laughs> yeah exactly which is um kind of a funny thing because dolly always wears her um like her little blazers and stuff mm. so the the rumors became that oh she's covered in sleeves or she's got <laughs> tattoos like that was like the little thing and she's admit she's like i do have two tattoos that you don't see but people <laughs> were just like no it's because she's got sleeves and whatever but then like finally like even more recently like her manager was like she doesn't like her elbows <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like her el- and like she always wears those little fingerless gloves mm-hmm. because she wants to cover as much as her hands as possible because if you think about it she's a woman that doesn't want to show a lot of aging mm. you can't hide that as much as you- she can get her botox she can get her whatever but it's like your elbows and your hands show your age that's very so it's like that's why she's covering but anyways i just thought i'd throw that little tidbit in there Mm because the rumor was about tattoos i'd love it if she was fucking tatted though that'd be great (laughs) okay so i'm gonna kind of do the wind down now okay i still need to talk about gatekeeping you want to go first nope go ahead okay so i just think that dolly's story is just the kind of story that i love to hear Mm -hmm. because it's like i like to hear when people find their own way in life yeah uh, whatever that might be that brings them like peace and cov- comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like we've said a million times before, do what brings you peace. For some people, they find peace taking communion and going to church and mm-hmm. praying. And then there's people like me that I find peace in just like thought and reflection and mm-hmm. conversation and time with my cat or sitting mm-hmm. on a porch. You know, it's like I, those are that's the way I find my peace and comfort. But it's like your peace should never 
be at the detriment of others. Mm-hmm. Agree. And this goes for whoever and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you find your peace in religion and you go to church, cool. Mm-hmm. That's your place. Or like me, where I don't, also cool. Mm-hmm. It's like the rules apply to both of us. And it's like, don't be shitty to people under this guise of your mm-hmm. own, not just peace, but like under the guise of your belief system. Mm-hmm. That's not just like this excuse to yep. be shitty. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we could all just do that, I feel like we would just be in such a better place. But here the fuck we are. It's like, we can't fucking have nice things. Like, I don't think that would solve every problem, but I definitely it's feel like, step, it would, like it would be, it would eliminate a lot of untold hate towards a group that you've never even met or yeah. that you've never looked in the face. You know what I mean? And just the fact that people care so much <laughs> about what other people are doing or not doing, I guess, mm-hmm. it, it just seems so, fu- like we talked about, it seems so fucking exhausting. Yeah. Like, we're like just to be that angry and like, like it just seems exhausting to care mm-hmm. that so much about what somebody else is doing. Yeah. Worry about your own shit. It's like, God, like, who has the energy to give a shit about what other people choose to do or not do <laughs> that's not hurting anyone or has no effect on you whatsoever? It's fucking Correct. crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, so why do you care so deeply that Dolly says she's spiritual and not religious? <laughs> and, you know, that has zero effect on you. And yet we read these things where people say that she's destroying America <laughs> because she chooses not to adhere to a specific religion. Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck out of here with your fucking theatrics and your yeah. drama. Yep. Um, but this all just kind of takes me back to a big turning point in my, in my own life. Mm-hmm. So, my oldest sister, like, she and I, for a really long time, we were kind of in the same place of just, like, not really interested in any being a part of any specific religion, like, attending church. Like, we were both kind of on that same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And then, seemingly out of nowhere to me, like, from my perspective, all of a sudden, she and her kids and husband, they, they started going to church. Mm-hmm. And I totally panicked. Like, my mind was racing with feelings of, like, great, they're going to start going to church, and then they're going to start thinking they're better than me, and then mm-hmm. I'm not going to be good enough. And, like, here we go. Like, yeah. my mind just, like, absolutely... Mm-hmm raced because it's like we're we're products of our experience you know Mm -hmm. right and that had been my experience up to that point right like i never felt good enough for my dad and i felt looked down upon by everybody at church Mm -hmm. so yeah you know like that shaped me in my views that's why i went into panic mode because i'm like here we go my association with it was judgment correct um, I kind of felt like in the, <laughs> I don't, you probably won't, you won't know what I'm talking about. Maybe some, maybe some of my, my listeners out, my friends out there. Um, it makes me think of a scene from the Sex and the City movie. The first one, not the second one. The second one is garbage. First one's wonderful. Um, in the first one, Carrie calls Samantha to tell her that she's getting married. And at first Samantha's like, oh, I got it. And then she kind of like hangs up like, I got to go. And then she calls back and she's just like, I'm sorry. I just had you filed away as never getting married and now i just have to come you know what i mean she's just like i put you in this place in my head Mm -hmm. and now i have to come and then carrie says something like well i'm sorry for the extra paperwork 
Um, and that's kind of how I felt about my sister. Like it was just coming to terms with like I'd filed away with like, oh, I thought we were on the same wavelength and now we're not, you know, like it was just, mm-hmm. I had to like come to like come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. So then at some point when they were going to church, I took my nieces out to dinner. Mm-hmm. We're at Freddy's. Love a good Freddy's skinny fry and some fry sauce. <laughs> so I took them. This is probably like over 10 years ago, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly how it came up, but somehow going to church did come up in conversation. And my younger niece said something like, yeah, some people, they can't go to church because they work on Sundays. And I remember I was like, well, people also don't go to church because they don't want to. Right, (laughs) And I was like, and that's okay, too. And Mm -hmm. I just remember like having that conversation. But I I know that in my head, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, like it was just kind of like another thing for me because I know I was just so fearful of our relationship changing. Yeah. Because of it. And I was really close with all of them. And it terrified me to think that like suddenly they think I'm not good enough or something. Of course. Again, shaped from Mm -hmm. the past. But I remember that being kind of like a like a big turning point, like a defining moment in my life where I was had to figure out not only my own feelings about religion, like really dig into it, mm-hmm. but also religion in regards to other people and just like how I viewed it all. Yeah. So it's like I really had to check myself and be like, look, if I instantly ha- get strong feelings and almost like feelings of fear, air quotes, about other people being religious... I'm no better than the people who have strong feelings and fear mm-hmm. of me not being religious. Correct. So it's like I had to really like sit there and be like, it's the same thing coming from two different ends. You mean you were trying not to judge lest you be judged? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Just want to. So it was just a turning point because, you know, I'd ha- I had experience behind these feelings. So it's not like they came out of nowhere. I wasn't mm-hmm. just being biased just to, Correct. Like, you know, they, like there was a... There was a reason behind it Mm -hmm. that I had to work through. And it's just like I had to, but I I just knew that I didn't want to feel that way. Yeah. So I kind of, it it took me actively telling myself that like you need to let things play out and let people's actions speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'd rather other people, I'd rather people judge me for my character and actions rather than my like lack of religion right right like you know right off the bat i don't want them to be like oh here's this assumption i have of her because she doesn't go to church correct so and i'm fine with that because i feel like you know for the most part i feel like my actions and character align with my morals that i think are i think are high you know of course so it's like i'm okay with that but in turn i i need to do the same and i'll judge you for your character and actions mm-hmm. and you know, not jump to conclusions because you are religious. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, character and morals and action should overcome everything. Are more important. Yeah. They're more important than being in than religion, mm-hmm. whether you're in or out, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like it just, it's just erasing that bias from both ends of the spectrum. Correct. And letting character and actions do the talking and not assumptions based off of being or not being mm-hmm. um because you know at the end of the at the end of it you're gonna find out either way mm-hmm. if you it's just 
let those things speak and you'll find out whether you align with it or you don't. And mm-hmm. it do- usually doesn't take long. So it's like, you'd, it's the realization of like, I don't even need to have that because they'll prove themselves anyway. Yeah. You'll prove yourself as one of these assholes on the internet that are saying the things that we wrote, or you'll Correct. prove that it's, that you can be religious and not be an asshole. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, let people prove themselves. And the same way I can prove that I don't think I'm a fucking asshole either. You know, mm-hmm. you loved these people already. Yeah. And when they chose to go there, I think as humans, we cope with things emotionally and mentally by assuming the worst. So when this was happening, your mind instantly went to the worst case scenario. It's going to change everything. They're going to think I'm not good enough because I'm not like them. I'm not going to the place they're going. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. like which which at the end of it, they started going and what it really changed for their relationship with you was nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once again, we were you were trying to cope by being like it's going to be the worst case scenario and then when it works out better you're like, "Oh, okay." Oh yeah, good. There we go. And good learning yeah. experience, you know. Of all around it was a good learning. It, it was so pivotal for me. Like I know it yeah. sounds probably like a silly thing like why did you freak no. out so much, but I did. She because- spent so much time with them at the time too. Like there was so there was a lot of time spent there with them that I it was a big I feel like it was a big part of your support structure at the time and it was the fear of losing that well and it's like I you know like I already said it's how I dealt with my what I experienced with my dad in a church or just even Mm -hmm. how I was talking about how my dad wanted me to stop hanging out with my friends so much it's like that whole idea I'm like is it going to be that all of a sudden I'm just not yeah the standards my like it's not high enough or something Mm mm-hmm but I just kind of, re- I actually remembered another reason that might kind of paint the picture as to why this was such a, like a thing for me. Because mm-hmm. besides my own church world and my dad, um, I actually had, so I was, there was like three of us that were best friends, like in elementary school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just to make people understand a little bit, I went to a school that was a traditional school where it was a public school, not private. But it wasn't like a regular neighborhood school. Like you had to test to be in it and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Because of that, we all lived all over. So we were in this little bubble. And then after eighth grade, all of a sudden, you kind of, you're, everybody's at all different high schools all over the valley. Like you're just, you're not, you're not going to go to high school with these friends. Mm -hmm. So I had these three best friends. And then all of a sudden, one day we're off on our own to go start at these new places. And I remember like we had just like graduated and started like summer and then mm-hmm. out of nowhere this friend that i've been friends with for forever she sends me an email on AOL <laughs> my <laughs> AOL email that she was i wasn't saved she was scared i was going to go to hell and that she you know had never she'd been thinking about it this whole time and she kind of feels like she'd been living a double double life by not telling me this all the time and that she was worried for me and all this stuff. but like it, there was like emphasis on like if you don't do this you're going to hell mm-hmm. and it was like i'm going to yeah i was like what the fuck is this shit yeah and i felt like i was completely judged like all of a sudden my best friend for half my life Mm-hmm. Is telling me I'm going to hell if I don't do exactly what she says I need to do. Right. And it felt out of nowhere because she never, 
never fucking brought this up. You right. know what I mean? She mm-hmm. never brought any of it up. I went to church with her one time, probably like two years earlier. And it was just because I was spending the night at her house for something. <laughs> and I do, she was Nazarene. Um, mm. Not that, whatever. But uh, I do remember being <laughs> very... The song by Bush? <laughs> Nazarene. <laughs> Close. Nazarene. But like in... um mormon world everything's very reverent is the word like you sit and there's (laughs) hymns you're in your skirt and what i went to with her was like the the rock music you know like it was like that whole thing and it was just fucking culture shock for me of course and and like people were like you know like hands in the air which i'm not used to like that's not how like like mormons like they don't like that's not reverent you sit Mm -hmm. quietly and like whatever so just even hands in the hair but then people in the air and then people were running around and it was like and i remember i just stood there like fucking deer in the headlights gripping the free t-shirt they gave me because I was <laughs> they like, gave you a t-shirt yeah oh my god <laughs> um, and why I'll, did you have a door prize to remember your time what is this about but it's like i hadn't like it just, it fell out of nowhere so it left me really feeling like fuck am i good enough for anyone yeah like not good enough for my dad Mm-hmm. not good enough for the people at church and then now someone i've been friends with for half my life blindsides me yeah. and tells me i'm going to hell yeah like it hit me really fucking like i kind of like i remembered it but it was like when i was going through all this i was like fuck i kind of remember like i kind of forgot how much mm-hmm. that like and i never replied because i was like the fuck is this yeah it's like we never talked again yeah and that was the friend that you had talked about that they took you on vacation. No, this is a different friend. Oh, there was there was three of us. Oh, okay. She was the other one. Oh, okay. No, so it's not that friend. But also, word to the wise, I really fucking hate the cold open, like the cold call of just like <laughs> suddenly telling someone, hey, so I think you're going to hell. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that shit? Like, no, uh, I had not even shown remote amount of interest. Right. And so, like, to just come and, like, say that is in- crazy to me. Yeah. Um, maybe you should wait for people to actually express some sort of interest. <laughs> because, other like, otherwise it came off like it did, and then I never spoke to you again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I was just like, nope, can't do this. It's like, yep. you're 13. You're at a very, like, I was about, I just lost my entire, mm-hmm. for, I was starting somewhere totally new, didn't know anybody. Yep. Didn't have a great family life. Then my fucking best friend tells me I'm yeah. gonna burn in hell. Right. Anyways. So again, um, I just I completely understand that we're products of our experience, right? Mm-hmm. But and but it that's what shapes us. And I get it that, you know, even with the good or bad experiences, like it's just not our jobs to push it on others. Yeah. Like, and disclaimer, this doesn't apply to cases of abuse, which is, I'm talking about this in a more general nature. Like, of you know, course, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like, it's not your job to like push or like, this is going to sound like a silly reference, but I feel like it works. <laughs> so my oldest sister, the one I talked about that started going to church, um, like, you know, like mandolin slicers. Mm-hmm. And if if, you, if you're not really, really careful, or if you don't have the guard on it, mm-hmm. you can cut yourself and they're gnarly ass cuts when you do. Yep. And I remember like she cut herself so bad on it one time, mm-hmm. like super, super bad. And yep. I just remember after that, she was just like, I'm just never doing that again. She was yep. just like, what? and it just makes me think of like, then. so she had this terrible experience and she decided this isn't for me, right? Right. 
And then there's me over here who I'd use them a million times. Mm-hmm. And I had never cut myself. Right. But no amount of me telling her, well, I use it all the time and I've never been cut, is going to change her experience and be like, mm-hmm. I want to do that again. Right. And to me, it all applies. Like, just let... Just let if everybody do it. she wants to take that time, try to cut it with yeah. the knife, cut it with the knife, sister. Yeah, More and, power to you. But it's the same thing where it's mm-hmm. just like, just let people, like, they have their reasons and mm-hmm. just let them fucking be. Yeah. You don't need to... F- we don't need to force each other in any direction. Yeah. So it's like in my case, religion wasn't a great experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that it's my job nor appropriate in any way for me to try to pull other people out of it. Correct. And then on the flip side, just because you have a good experience in religion doesn't mean it's your job to try to bring me in. Mm-hmm. Especially with things like telling me I'm going to go to fucking hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the way to go. Yeah. And I feel like there's this tendency in people, this inherent thing where they're just like, oh, but it's probably because you were just at the wrong place doing it this way if you do it my way. But it's like, even then, don't just Mm -hmm. stop. Let people decide for themselves Mm -hmm. what's right for them. Mm -hmm. Both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. (sighs) Just like, you do you, (laughs) boo-boo, you know? (laughs) Just do you. I mean, you can you can apply that to a lot of things in the yeah. human experience. And I always think about, I had an employee that lived like a quarter mile away from us. Still does. And I remember telling him about um, a restaurant that we liked. I don't remember what genre, what kind of food it was. But I remember telling him, hey, there's this place that me and Whitney really like. And he was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe we'll have to try it. And then he'd be like, oh, we went here for that same style of food. And I was like, you still got to give that place a try. Like, it was kind of in a friendly way. Obviously, I wasn't pushing. But he had gone there before we knew each other and had a really bad experience. So they never wanted to go back. And that's a dumb way of looking at it. But it was still that same thing where I'm like, I had a good experience. I want to share this with you. But I can't force him to go. Yeah. That's why people have issues with people knocking on their door to try to push religion. Why are you knocking on my door to try to push your religion on me? I don't care what faith you are. There should never be a point where you should come to me and knock on my door and be like, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. Like ever. It's not invited. Like, and that's how I felt about the email. There was mm-hmm. no, you had no invitation from me. Mm-hmm. No inkling not, that you were Not interested. appropriate. Mm-hmm. It, I, it is not appropriate for me to show up at your door and be like, you want to hear all the reasons it was, it hasn't been great for me. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's not my place and it's right. not your fucking place either. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I want to do. You do what you want to do. Stay, that's it. Yeah. Stay in your lane. <sighs> and the, the only, uh, again, disclaimer is that, um, I will continue to, and we all should continue to call out the stuff that is harmful and abusive and like we're like that's that's different i'm talking about in a general sense of just like hey this just yeah this thing not Mm -hmm. for me i think your mandolin metaphor was very very apropos yep well dolly got me what was your thing about gatekeeping please okay it actually fits into a lot of this because i think that the the root of a lot of these people's views on dolly parton and what she does are very much in a way of like you're not Christian enough for what I think you should be. Yep. Or you're not Christian. Your boobs Christ- are too big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, 
and I, I hate, I just talked earlier about how I hate the age gatekeeping. I'm very big on when I'm at work, I would have employees that would work 40 hours a week complain about being tired. And even though I was literally working double that, it wasn't my job to tell them that they're tired isn't tired enough. Yeah. And I had wonderful employees. I absolutely adored most of them. Um, and one of the things that would happen is that they started, they all saw how much I worked and what I put into it and the hours I put in and what I dealt with. So they would hit a point where I would walk in and I'd always be like, hey, good morning. How you doing today? And some of them would go, oh, man, I'm really tired. This happened. This happened. I know you work a lot more than I do. And I would tell them the same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to gatekeep tired. Everybody's tired. Everybody has their own circumstances. I'm not going to get. Why would I gatekeep that? That's stupid. Yeah. You know, so I think everybody has that mindset. (laughs) right, Right. But that's just how I carry myself. I don't gatekeep experiences by my age because once again, Nobody can choose when they're born. And also uh, experience also does means different within just a chronological number, you know? Yeah. So the gatekeeping thing came up because we've talked a little bit on here about my experience growing up in two communities. Growing up uh, as an American child, but growing up with a family structure from another country as an immigrant. So as a parent, that's an immigrant. So um, it carries a lot of really heavy weight for me. And one of the things that you will hear a lot from immigrant children of immigrants, first generation people, is that they're not enough of either thing. The Selena dad thing. Absolutely. And it's it hits it on the head. And there's a... a Content creator that I follow. Do you want to be- say the line just so people know it? The, the Selena dad. Line. Go ahead. You probably haven't memorized um, more. But than he's I just do. like you're just not. But- he's not, not American enough for the Americans. Not Mexican enough for the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why she was such a such a connecting artist and started to grow really big. Was that she was able to bridge that gap? Yeah. And I think that's very rare. On a uh, sorry, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox here. I also had. Um, an employee that had worked for me for years, this beautiful old woman. I loved her. Um, that was my, she had been my dishwasher for like six years and she spoke a little bit of English, but not a lot. And I had an employee that was frustrated that, you know, when he needed help, he couldn't go back and ask her because she didn't understand him. And he was like, I shouldn't. And he said it in frustration. So he's not like this person, but he was like, I just can't. I'm like, why don't you just go back and ask her? And he's like, well, I don't understand her, and she doesn't understand me. I shouldn't have to learn a second language just to work with my coworkers. And I was like, but here's how it works, buddy. You know a handful of words in a, in a language she knows. She knows a handful of words in a language that you know. Go back there, try, give her some context clues, and everybody wins. And I was like, she walks away going, I appreciate that he tried. And you walk away going, I appreciate that she tried. And at the end of the day, you guys worked together and got a job done. Yeah. So, sorry, that's my mini soapbox. The bigger soapbox that I'll step off here in a minute is this content creator, child of immigrants from Mexico, worked for the BuzzFeed page that was kind of like the 
like the Latino version of BuzzFeed. It was under its umbrella. Um, she did a whole series of videos for a year learning Spanish as a 25-year-old woman. And one of the things that she realized, and it was a lot of things. It was things that were difficult for her to remember. It was very, um, it was very, she opened a lot of herself to being vulnerable to, to filming this and putting it on YouTube. And she said some of the comments that she got were so supportive of like, it's so hard to learn a language when you're older. Like, that's really cool that you're doing this to connect with your heritage. You know, this is a cool journey to watch happen. She said the other 50% of the messages were, oh my God, I can't believe that you're, that you speak this way. I'm so glad I taught my kids Spanish when they were little. I would be embarrassed to have you as my child. I wouldn't be willing to take you and I hope you don't speak like that in public, like all sorts of stuff. And she posted a reel the other day that was just like, I'm so proud of myself for taking that step and doing that. But why would that be something that you put out into the world? Why are you hating on a person who's trying to do something for themselves? It's not affecting you. Her learning this language at 25 or whatever does not affect you it's at nothing, all. Nothing, yeah. And she talks about how that was hard to deal with in every video. And she was like, why would these people that are supposedly proud of their heritage make fun of me because I wanted to connect to that same heritage? Yeah. I feel that real hard. And I sent that to a couple people that I was like, this is my experience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At the end of all of it, it's just gatekeeping causes all of these different things. It caused you to feel like your friend was judging you for things that you're like, I, we've never talked about like this. You like, how am I a different person? Because you feel like now I'm not enough. And then with the Dolly Parton stuff, it's not the fact that she's Christian or holds these beliefs in this in this faith system. It's the fact that she's not doing it right enough. Your way. Exactly. Yeah. And I have, I like, that is a thing that... And that person isn't speaking Spanish the way they think they should be. Correct. Yeah. And and there's just, I, I feel like I have that in my soul of that I hate, I hated the way that that made me feel. And I'm like, it's just, that's the running theme through all of this is gatekeeping. Yeah. All right. I'm stepping off of my soapbox now. All right. Well, that was a, that was an episode. That was a doozy. Yep. Got me all in the, so if somebody made that bingo board of me crying, um, <laughs> they definitely got a square. That's true. I said correct a lot. Oh yeah. That was another I one. I guess that said I said correct a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every time they're like, every time so Tim says correct, like, and that on was the a side drinking note, game, my God, <laughs> I explained to Whitney why I say correct so much. I and, know why, but so <laughs> and it's at work when you're trying to explain things like left and right, and then they're like right, and you're like no left, like they're like that annoys me when I'm trying to explain things, so I always do correct. It's just checking for understanding or that the other mm -hmm. person is listening, and yeah. Yep. Yep. The other person's what? Correct. <laughs> um, I would love to shout out a couple people. Do it. So we have. Are these members? These are new members. Pickle a month that members. That have servants' hearts. Yes. 
Um, one of them is Maria from Lakewood, Colorado. And I just want to point out, this is the second member from Lakewood, Colorado. Yeah, last week it was another one. I also think that Maria might be the one who sent the scrubs thing this the other day. I think it was her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have two members in Lakewood, Colorado, Maria and We're Kristen. Hot We're hot in Lakewood. In La- coming in hot in Lakewood. <laughs> Yep. So we love our Colorado friends. So thank you, Colorado friends. And then the other one is my friend Tiffany. And Tiffany is uh, someone that I met when I was working as a banquet chef in Scottsdale. She came in as an eight and an intern. She was doing her what they call their externship over there, and she kind of worked in my department, worked in multiple departments, and then stuck on with us in banquets um, in the pastry area. So she still worked with us kind of just part-time whenever we needed a lot of help. But she has a venture of her own. Yeah, she has her own um, baking business called Save Room for Dessert. Mm-hmm. She sent us a box of like assorted cookies and treats not too long ago that were delicious. Uh, she does ship. So I actually, I was just saying it's being at the top of the episode, but mm-hmm. how we want to do um, small business Saturday, like shout out things. So definitely we'll have to have Tiffany be one of those on a one of those Saturdays. But yep. You can look her up. She is on Instagram, Save Room for Dessert. Um, I will say she makes the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had. Her seventh, was it the seventh inning stretch cookie? That Mm -hmm. was, oh, that was so good. So good. And And I never thought I liked Linzer cookies until her cookies. Mm, Yeah, the jam she made was legit. It was the jam. And oh, that's she... funny. <laughs> um, that's a, I love a good simple joke. <laughs> she, just on a side note, Save Room for Dessert is, she, like, she works so hard at kind of perfecting a lot of these recipes that she makes. And her other thing is that her ingredients are clean. She doesn't have any dyes, no artificial flavoring. She's not making caramel cookies and using caramel flavoring. Like she makes things from scratch and it is absolutely amazing and worth a look. Yeah, so she'll have to be on there and then like I said, if we put it in our stories and then we save it to a highlight reel, people would be able to mm-hmm. like see all these businesses all the time. So we'll have to get that going. So shout out to Tiffany. She's been with this pod from the, from the very beginning. beginning. She's the first person we heard from yep. the day that we posted an episode. I remember we had like six plays and then we're like, who are they? <laughs> and then she was one of them. We're like, who were the other five? Yep. <laughs> she would, the hotel I just worked at, she would do a lot of stuff for us. We would buy product from her. Um and she would show up to deliver. She'd be like, Chef, I'm coming on Tuesday. And I'd be like, okay. And then she would show up and she would be like, I love the new episode. And then we would talk more about it. So, <laughs> so longtime supporter. Uh, shout out, Tiffany. Yeah, we know you're out there. But you got anything else before we do our... I am... Um, my eyes feel puffy. That's uh, I did a decent amount of crying. So I'm, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork in you. Yep. All right. Well, as usual... Feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the Doug. You have the option to just buy us one or you can uh, do one pickle every month do as a, a membership the and then we get some little bonus content. Mm-hmm. And we just posted the second member bonus content, which was pretty exciting. I'm excited. It feels a little bit more cash. Oh, yeah, because I don't have to do three days of work for it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> so- it's cool, and we've slowly started having people comment more on them. So the it's other very day, fun. I was like, "Do you want to go record or whatever?" And it was, and we were just like, "Yeah!" And like, we mm-hmm. just went and did it because it's not like it's not the big 
production production that this is <laughs> and now we have these new chairs yep so as usual you can send us a message at digging up the duggers at gmail.com you can enjoy our episode visuals and other shenanigans on Instagram at Digging Up the Duggars Pod. And if you would love to send Mildred some snail mail, we have a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona 85312. That reminds me. I knew I had something at the top of the <clears> episode <throat> that I needed to say that I could not remember before we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody we I picked up from the P.O. Box the other day. Number number one, someone named Megan has sent us a sticker and has the most lovely penmanship I've ever seen. Megan. Amazing. Amazing penmanship, Megan. Um, beautiful. Love the <laughs> sticker. And I, I just have such bad handwriting that I'm just like, this is I, I should I picked it up and I showed it. I'm like, look at this girl's handwriting. Look Your at letter it. was a delight to it read. It was delight. Delightful. Reading, that's how the eyes eat. I ate that shit up. <laughs> Lapped it up. Um and then the other thing is we got a box and it was addressed to Mildred's mom. And when I opened it up, it was like a like best cat mom ever. Or like I forget. Oh, God, I just forgot the exact wording of it. I'm, I'm in panic mode right now. But it yeah. was like a cat mom mug. And I don't know who it's from because it came from Amazon. So if yeah. it's you, please let me know because I would love to thank you. I drank out of it on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. I posted it in our stories and I'm like, who sent this? And I have no idea. But thank you so much. We, I love it incredible and it's practical we yes. used it right away yes i, I was like it. hell yes and love shout outs to megan on that penmanship for real beautiful beautiful start a business <laughs> all right have a good week guys